What is up, everybody? Welcome to the WMMA Today podcast. We are live. I am your host, Drake Riggs, in a makeshift studio position today. As you can tell, not the usual setup. We're back home for a day before we turn around and go to Florida. Getting home from Las Vegas, of course, and the craziness that was UFC 269. Steve is not here once again, as you can see. Mother Nature does not want him to hang out with us uh, as his power is off. So if it returns to him mid-show, we will see some Steve. Hopefully all of next week he'll be back. But as of right now, no Steve. So just me. Sorry, guys. Got to put up with uh, another one-man show. But of course, that just means uh, more interaction than usual, right? If you want to help out and be the guest host, guest hosts with me. Always a good, fun time, regardless. And boy, oh boy, uh, what an unexpectedly big show we do have today, right? Nobody saw this coming, especially not last week. But now we have uh, one of the biggest upsets of all time to talk about, if not the biggest, uh, no matter how you, depending on how you feel about it. So you obviously know what I'm alluding to. Plenty of little interesting uh, news bits as well. Some fun fights coming up this weekend. But, yeah, should be uh, should be a good old time. So, we should get on get on to it. As uh, Scott is already here, he was in the, the waiting room. Good to see you, sir. Uh, as was James, Rain, love to see you guys. Ghost Phantom is here. Um, Rue. And Alvin, right at the beginning, can't do it uh, in place. Can't do it a Steve impersonation. But he says, good evening, Mr. Riggs. What a fantastic event. Can't wait to talk about it. Yes, top to bottom. Amazing stuff there uh, in Las Vegas. Only, what, three three decisions? Crazy card. Very, very crazy card. Crazy year of pay-per-view events, if we're going to be completely honest. And that was one hell of one to cap things off. And six performance bonuses. Incredible. Why don't you just just give everybody a bonus, Dana? Come on. I mean, you know, rightfully deserving, I would say. But all right, you guys, let's just get into it, shall we? UFC 269. <laughs> uh, recap. Starting things off with the co-main event of the evening. Juliana Pena fucking did it. Uh, defeated Amanda Nunes. Be a second round submission. Rear naked choke. Three minutes and 26 seconds into the round after a very sloppy, wild <laughs> second round brawl. Um, I still really don't believe that this even happened. Uh, I think I'm still sleeping. Somebody needs to wake me up. I, I mean, it's it's one of those true speechless moments. Um, and obviously one of the many reasons we love MMA because these kind of things are possible when they definitely should not be, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Juliana Pena did the unthinkable snaps, a 12 fight winning streak, a six year unbeaten streak for Amanda Nunes. She is still the featherweight champion, but no longer the Bantamweight champion. Juliana Pena adds to the list of ultimate fighter winners to become champion, uh, list goes on and on. Um, insane. 
Truly, truly insane. Amanda Nunes, I thought, looked phenomenal in the first round. Looked as good as she normally does. Uh, what, sat Pena down twice? Was on top of her, doing her thing. I've seen some people say that they thought that Nunes didn't look good in the first round either, but um, I, I don't agree with that. I thought she looked fine and arguably had a 10-8 in that round too. Because again, sat her down twice, looked Fine, looked sharp. It looked like uh, we were on our way to seeing a uh, typical Nunes beat down. And then in the second round, comes out and Pena acted like it was pretty much the last round, which ended up working out despite that not being the case. And comes at her, and it it was as if right once she landed, right once Pena landed her first good shot on Amanda, that just like changed everything. It changed everything that Nunez. It just changed her as like a, a fighter and a person. Like it was not, she was not the goat in that second round. Um, it was very, very interesting, bizarre. Again, that's why we're dreaming, right? Um, but her defense goes away, just taking jabs and you know whatever Penny is throwing from her, but landing some as well. But just did not seem like the same intent was there. They were both just going back and forth. Again, I said sloppily, no defense really from either of them, but Pena continues to walk forward. Hurts. They hurting each other, but obviously Pena getting the better of it. Crazy to say that, but that's how it went. Uh, and then she ends up getting a takedown against the cage and gets on her back. As you can see in this picture, that is the, not the beginning of the end, but the end practically doesn't even get her hooks in. Not even sure if she got her choke under the chin. Either way, Nunes taps out. Man, man, oh man. Um it's it's just still so shocking. I think I think that in terms of the greatest upsets of all time. I mean, on fight night, I said we very well could have just witnessed it. And of course, everyone's still saying GSP Sarah. I think that is certainly fair to say. Um, and I'm not sure that I would say that this is the number one. I think it's it's top three, though. Um, I think it is bigger, a bigger upset than Holm Rousey, especially in hindsight. Um, I mean, it's kind of crazy that that one was as much of an upset as it was. You know, odds wise, we should have should have expected that. Um, I mean, resume wise, it still should have been a fairly wide gap, but I mean, Holly should not have been as underestimated as she was. If you were looking at fights from a styles perspective, this one, however, I mean, it should, the, every round should have looked like the first round <laughs> it should have. And that's how it started out. But, um, yeah, I think this was a bigger upset than that. Uh, GSP and Matt Sarah, obviously that one can be argued for days and it's probably still right up there. Uh, I know that on paper, the biggest is what the uh, Dobson and, um, Agapova one. But again, as I've said many times that, that one, I still think it's ridiculous to have made a fight featuring a hot prospect and someone like Shannon Dobson that wide you know because there's still a prospect that's unproven yes it was a huge upset for sure um dobson should not have really had much business winning that fight but to say it's the all-time i don't think you can especially stakes wise it wasn't there um kai kai asakura defeating 
Kyoji Horiguchi in the first fight. That one, I think, does not get enough love. I think when you look at the top three upsets of all time, I think put them in whatever order you want. Maybe maybe Asakura uh, Horiguchi, that would be three. Then you can argue Nunez Pena for one alongside GSP and Sarah. But it's so crazy. <laughs> it's just so crazy. Um Let's see what all you guys think about this because my, oh my. I mean, this whole event was like the definition of why MMA is so fucking insane um, and why we love it so much. So Yusuf is here as well. Good to see you, sir. I know you dropped something in the mailbag. So no shenanigans though, you guys. I will tell you it was a good question um, <clears> her <throat> set of questions. You know how Yusuf does. He says MMA is crazy. It certainly is. Jin says, it's almost the end of the year. Well, you know that Juliana Pena has wrapped up upset of the year. We don't even need to do that category now. <laughs> so that one, spoiler alert, she got that one in the bag. Uh, you could argue comeback as well, because again, she did not did not look good in the first round. I, I don't I don't understand the claims that say Nunez didn't look good in that first round. She looked like her normal self in that one, which is why it was so crazy how things turned so quickly. Um, and especially after looking in phenomenal shape this week like it looked like the best shape she's ever been in crazy um but yeah i'm very excited for the end of the year end end of the year awards you guys uh thanks for mentioning that jen gonna be good uh jimmy says he bets that uh ghost was laughing at this fight my goodness uh rain says can't wait to hear ghost opinion on the matter and why anything above 115 <laughs> well let's not go there rain that is not nice and not true. Uh, Alvin says, what an incredible performance by both Pena and Nunez. Love watching these ladies compete at the highest level. There you go. Your Alvin positivity. And it's funny how many, <laughs> how many of you guys ask for Ghost's opinion. And I totally understand it. But it's like, Ghost, you're, they're really going to pressure you to get on the show one day. <laughs> so you're going to have to cave, man. Because everyone loves to hear from you. And for good reason. Um, Ghost says funniest thing since Nunez versus Maleki, which was just a while ago. I started laughing when Pena jabbed and dipped at the same rhythm. Too funny. There you have it. Uh, Ghost also says that he did enjoy the very best of the very worst. Nothing in the middle. There you go. Um, yeah. Big burn. Big burn indeed for uh, that caliber of a title fight, uh, at least from one end. Um, Jin says, already off to a good start, Ghost referencing the tapers of Europe fighting, calling out Yusuf's lack of understanding before we even get to the end, which uh very excited for that fan of punch breakdown. Since I've been so busy this week, I haven't got to watch all of it. I watched like the first two minutes, but uh I love the person that it uh, is featuring this week. So make your guesses again, you guys, for this week's Fan of Punch Breakdown. Number 19, almost to 20. How about that? And uh, Ghost says he's not caving. So there you go. Sorry, guys. No ghost appearance. Maybe voice. Maybe you don't have to show face. Just voice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not going to pressure you either. Uh, yeah, Rain, good question. He asked, where is Joseph? He's been talking shit about this matchup since a month ago. <laughs> he likes to talk shit about all the Bantamweight fights, doesn't he? Um, I mean, not shit. I think he's, he's 
Joseph seems like he's very interested in the Bantamweight division, which I like to see. But um, yeah, so Juliana Pena defeats Amanda Nunes. Absolute madness. A lot of, a lot of, I mean, this is a huge shakeup potentially, but it might not be for long because clearly, clearly Amanda Nunes out of anybody deserves an instant rematch. If you're going to give out instant rematches, you give one to, you know, one of the greatest fighters of all time. She already said she wants that, is down for that earlier today. Didn't get to speak to her after the event. You know, probably a little bit upset about it. And, uh, you know, maybe banged up, got to check in, all that kind of thing. But, yeah, this the rematch needs to happen. And Nunez certainly will be favored again. Um, I, I am going to tell you I predict her to win already, the rematch. In these kind of cases, it is hard to go with the upsetter. Um, but that just gives Juliana the chance to prove that she's either the kryptonite to Nunez or the real deal. But to think that Nunez will not make proper adjustments is kind of silly. I mean, look at what happened after the last time she lost. She <laughs> carved out her own place in uh, the history books, if you will. So... And still uh, just 33 as Amanda Nunes, which is kind of crazy to think about. I I saw that um, earlier and was like, just kind of a good reminder of like, oh, wow, she's actually not too old. And especially when you look at what my boy Dom is able to do these days. My God, I love that man. What a performance by him to go off tracks. I fucking love Dominic Cruz. And I, I don't care how biased it is. That's my gimmick. I'm the, I'm the Cruz guy. And man. Could not be more proud of that guy. Um, where was I going with that? I, I got myself off track. Uh, but yeah, yeah. The rematch, <laughs> instant rematch will happen unless Juliana does whatever she can to not make it happen. Uh, she said she wants to fight Valentina. Re get that rematch at flyweight. She said she wants to rematch GDR. But I asked Dana what's going on with Durand and me because she was taken out of the rankings. He did not give us an answer, but he said um, said it's kind of a personal issue. So kind of interesting there and that she can tell us if she wants. But hope she's OK. That was uh, I was kind of surprised that he had an answer for us, because sometimes when you ask about those things, he either like doesn't know or just doesn't answer. But I mean, he gave the best answer he could, obviously, with without being disrespectful to her. So hopefully Jermaine Durand and me comes back soon. Obviously, we know how great she is, but um kind of marches at the beat of her own drum. So hopefully she's okay. She seems fine on like Instagram and stuff, but um, apparently has some, some stuff going on. Don't know if it's negative or positive for her, but that's what Dana said about it. So <clears throat> Pena has these three rematches. She is interested in according to her, but uh, yeah, it, it would be an absolute crime. If uh, Nunez does not get her instant rematch, um, I mean, I mean, what more do you need to say? She's, she's, if anybody's going to get it. So. Da, da, da. Scott says cold blooded. We'll get to her. Don't you worry. An another person. I just said, Cruz cannot be more impressed with him. Cannot be more impressed with, uh, the cold blooded one as well. Uh, James making his prediction says fan of punch. Is it Hamasaki again? No, no, it is not great guess though. Um, 
I'd love to see a, a trilogy uh, for a Hamasaki uh, Vanna Punch breakdown. Maybe someday can always assess her as much as we can. Two of the best Vanna Punch breakdowns we've seen, of course, and they were in succession. But no, it is not Hamasaki. I shouldn't I shouldn't say no. I shouldn't say no. I should let you guys continue to guess, but a good guess. <laughs> so sorry. That is your one your one hint. It's not Hamasaki, but a good guess, James. <laughs> um, the goat. Another goat right there. Uh, Scott says, so now we will probably see a trilogy. Um, oh man, that's a great point. Actually. Um, I didn't even think about that. Uh, I guess it would be, it would be very smart of the UFC to do that. Say Nunez comes back, wins again, as I expect her to, uh, in the Pena rematch, then a trilogy is right there. That completely slipped my mind. I was just like, okay, the two would be enough. I mean, they could just skip, skip on from her. I mean, depending depending on like how close the fight is why why would Pena deserve a rematch you know unless it's like a very close fight um and i mean you could you could still sell it either way if you're the ufc but like in terms of merit which we know is not as big of a deal to them i don't i don't think that would make sense let's say nunez goes out there and just destroys her now why would you why would you do a trilogy but possible possible either way so that's a Good thing, good, good thing you mentioned that, Scott. I didn't even think about that, um, and that would kind of suck for, for some people. There's like a hairball on the ground, getting on my foot. Yep, that is exactly what that is. That's fun. Sorry, that was very distracting. Uh, <laughs> so, Jimmy says Drake and Rain. I had to block Joseph the other week because of his claims of Whaley being controlled by the Chinese government. Disgusting troll. All right, so I missed that. I completely missed that. Glad, uh, glad you caught it though, Jimmy. Um, all right, all right. Rain says, "I almost forgot to ask Drake a ghost. Who are your favorite fighters from the card, and why does Ghost love Kai Car France? Kai Car France. I mean, why wouldn't you love him? Very exciting fighter. Very technical. Has knockout power. He, he's a very fun guy to watch, and he's really coming into his own. Obviously, uh, yes. Cody maybe at this stage might not be the best win. I mean." Name value it is, but in terms of like where he stands, I mean, the guy's obviously been on a rough patch and crazy to think that he has only uh, won one fight since 2016. So O'Malley got it wrong. He said 2017, uh, the, the Dominic fight was in uh, 2016. That was the very end of 2016. But yeah, um, yeah, my favorite fighters from the card. Um, I already said Dominic's my boy. He's my all time number one. Him and Chael are my top two favorites all of all time. Um at least in terms of the men. And I'm, I'm you know, big fan of Aaron Blanchfield as well. Uh, who else did we have fighting? I mean, a lot of good guys. I've, I've already forgotten how, how crazy things have been. But um, how can you not like Oliveira and Poirier? I, I wouldn't say they're favorites necessarily, but love watching them. Um, yeah. Tuivas is fun. I mean, just as a human, that guy's just a, a living. He's a, he's a party personified is uh tied to Ivasa and um kind of a funny story that I have that happened uh interaction that I and a group of people kind of had with him after the fight uh that maybe maybe I'll share but I don't know I don't know if I should it's, it's not bad or anything but you know there's your tease um and Scott says, and the not so subtle dig at Keith Peterson was the best. <laughs> so funny thing about that, Scott, uh, that's that is how I interpreted it as well. And everybody, of course, 
should interpret that, but Dominic kind of clarifying that no, he wasn't taking a dig at Keith Peterson. He just was giving props to Mark Goddard, which, you know, I think I like his his line of thinking there that where it's not, that's not, we instantly jump to the negative, right? But he's just being positive about a good referee. It doesn't mean, you know, that he's saying, talking shit about Keith Peterson because he never, he never even mentioned him. He really didn't. Of course, we can put two and two together, but we just jumped to the negativity rather than the positive, which Dominic, you know, alluding to that's the problem with media sometimes and just general thoughts, I guess, in uh, MMA, because that, yeah, if you, if you take that at a surface level, let's say you've never, you don't follow MMA or Dominic Cruz and you hear him say that that's literally just a compliment. That's how it should be taken then. So. Of course, I'm going to be on his side, but I think I think it's a great point. I would agree with that either way. Um, you know, it's uh, he didn't mention Keith Peterson at all. So that's just us being negative jerks <laughs> to Keith, really. Um, yeah. All right. Rain making the prediction that Phantom Punch is probably Whaley. Ghost loves Whaley. So that would be a third one for her, too, right? Because we had the... The second episode was not not the elbows, was it? I feel like we've had two Whaley ones. See, I'm just forgetting everything these days. But uh, yeah, another solid guess, Rain. I will I will leave it at that. I won't tell you if you're right or wrong. But I mean, that's always a solid guess, obviously, because Whaley is Whaley. But yeah, I don't I don't know if that would be the third one. I don't remember. Stamina's here. Great to see you. Jimmy says, Siri Oshima striking this time. I, I like that guess. I like that guess a lot as well. These are all great guesses, you guys. Um, and that's 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 a good one, Jimmy, because of, uh, you know, same person, different different kind of breakdown. So good good thought process there. Siri is fantastic. Uh, Jimmy also saying Phantom Punch Breakdown would be Aaron Blanchfield. Ghost normally does them based on who Drake interviews. Oh, wow. Is he is he catching on to a trend here? I haven't noticed this. <laughs> I have not noticed this at all. Interesting. I mean, there was the Kayla one. Uh, there was Siri. There was Megumi. There's Misha. Uh, Fujino. Okay, that's yeah, good, good eye there, Jimmy. Did I say Kayla? I said yeah, Kayla. There was one. Um, I don't. I, I'm not sure if that is exactly what Ghost is doing, but that is a little bit of a, a pattern, a little Easter egg, maybe. Well done. Well done. Um, <laughs> James says Ghost must have lost it seeing Kai inside low kick and cut the cage. Trust me, he was. We were talking about it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> during fight night, at least he was, uh, he was sending messages to me. I was a little busy. Sorry, ghost. I didn't respond to you. And, um, I don't think I was able to even ask those questions. Uh, apologies for that because, uh, I think that was, we were talking to him like right when the main event was starting. So I was kind of like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to miss it necessarily, but I can try and catch up with Kai at some point. That's for sure. Da, da, da. Oh, Scott uh, saying Sugar was talking about Garbrandt's win over a Sun Sow. Well, that one was what? That was like 20. Was that last year? So, I mean, because he said one win since 2017, right? So, I mean, that would be the one win. But 
going back to 2017, he didn't have any wins there. He beat Dominic in 2016. So that's kind of what I was meaning. Um, CEB, the man, Christopher Edwards Bailey. Thank you so much for continuing to tune in, man. Back to back weeks. You are the best. He says, Drake, one of the hardest working men in the MA world. That is too large of a compliment for myself. Um, I appreciate it greatly. <laughs> I like to think I'm very hardworking. I do spend a lot of time consumed with this kind of stuff. So uh, that does mean a lot. I, I do I do work very hard, but that is a very big compliment. Thank you so much, sir. Um, Chris says, also, you think Nunes will get the Whitaker or Cyborg treatment? Oof. Um, I, I'll say no just because of the fact that Nunes, I think, has kind of played ball and gets along better with Dana and company than those two did, especially Cyborg. So, um, no, I, I don't think she will. I don't think she will. You never know, but that that would surprise me a little bit. And uh, Amy and I were kind of talking about that the other was it might have been yesterday, and she was she was kind of having that thought put out there. And I was like, I don't know about that. Like, how can you, how can you do Nunez is still a champion too. Like, think about that. Like now, now the fight's champ versus champ. So it kind of works out. The rematch is champ versus champ. You can sell that shit all the, always. So, uh, I didn't even think about that. There's so many little elements, you know, to it now. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, they can't, they can't, man. They can't. Uh, crazy. I just still can't believe it even happened. Um, Rue predicting the Phantom Punch breakdown has to be Valentina, the most complete human and goat. A great, a great prediction as always is a Valentina one. Um, but maybe not just because obviously ghost, <laughs> you know, his thoughts there. I like that prediction though. And that probably just kind of gave it away that it's probably not Valentina. Probably. I'll, I'll still give you a sliver of a chance there. Uh, Bruce Bob Trotter is here. I love the name. Glad to see you, sir. Thank you for tuning in. He says, Nunes doesn't have much championship heart. She tapped before that thing was even sunk in. Mm. That's, uh, that's a tricky, that's a tricky subject, I think. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, th I think that's a fair opinion to have. I'm not going to, I don't. I don't think I would agree with it necessarily, especially if you look at, for example, the Valentina rematch where she kind of had to had to dig deep in a, a close title fight. Yes, and you can argue she didn't win it, but um, I, I don't, I get it just because of how that looked and she has not been tested all too often aside from that Valentina one, but I don't think I would say that just yet. But uh, I think I think that's fair just considering how that looked, you know, and I did mention I wasn't even sure that it was sunken all the way. Just a very odd, crazy. Total dream scenario, right? Dream sequence. Uh, boy. Uh, so Alvin says, I don't know who the Phantom Punch breakdown will be. Just excited to watch it. <laughs> there you go. That's. Great, great stuff there, Alvin, as always. Alex is in the house. Good to see you, sir. As always. Um, oh, Rue guessing Kana Sakura for Phantom Punch. I'm liking all these guesses. I really do. And 
uh, whoever it isn't, I like these ones for future ones, potentially. James says, no shame in tapping like that. She was tired. She lost the belt. That's the consequences. There you go. That's fair as well. Uh, Go says, Nunez looked like Glover tapping, tapping that early. Like Glover. Tapping to who? Tapping to who, Ghost? I don't I don't remember which uh, one that would be. Who did who did Glover get submitted by that he looked that way? <laughs> or do you mean or do you mean against Jan? Getting too confused. All right. So 30 minutes into the show, all about the one of the biggest upsets of all time. No problem with that, but I know that Scott had some some stuff in the mailbag and whenever you guys this is I mean I think I've tried to make it as clear as I can <laughs> that whenever the mailbag questions are uh in relation to fights that we're already going to talk about I take them out of the mailbag and I just throw them right there because it's easier you know we're already on the topic so let's get to them ahead of time so Scott was kind of asking uh or was it Scott or oh, Scott asked about the next one and and the one after that apologies oh okay well i guess we'll save them i got to man i'm sorry guys i am in between traveling home and then back again so i <laughs> i guess we'll wait till the mailbag for that stuff because it uh it, i think it's fine to stay in there so that's what you get when i'm one man showing sometimes um Okay, so Ghost meant uh, tapping you on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's that's a lot more, more of a solid comparison. But anyway, with that in mind, Jimmy says the mailbag always stale nowadays. What happened to all the creative stuff we had before? I know, I know. It was uh, very, <laughs> it was uh, crazy times a couple weeks back. But we must have scared off Yusuf with the shenanigans. So that's on us. That's on us. But either way, congratulations to Juliana Pena. Pulled off some crazy shit. I, I still am speechless, even though we just talked about it for a good amount of time. So with that in mind, let's already get to... That doesn't make sense. Let's get to uh, the other fights. So... Aaron Blanchfield gets a job done against Miranda Maverick in very dominant fashion. Unanimous decision, 30-27 across the board. A little bit surprised not to see any 10-8s in there. I gave her a 10-8 in round two. That felt fairly fair. Obviously, that's why I gave it to her. I mean, goodness. How, how, how impressive uh, can she be? Like... Seven of eight takedowns. Um, just that was really the story of it was her wrestling um, and the grappling, which we know she's phenomenal down there. Black belt at 22 years old. Miranda Maverick just had nothing, nothing on the ground, which was insane because she's you know, pretty, a pretty good grappler as well. Um, came on fairly strong in the, the, the wee early minutes of the third round but then 
made the somewhat boneheaded move to try and take uh, Blanchfield down, which resulted in Blanchfield taking her down and dominating her for the rest of the fight. So poor, poor fight IQ there from Miranda Maverick, but she really just had no answers, which uh, was very surprising for a talent that she is and still a young one who can continue to grow from this. But Aaron Blanchfield continues to be just skyrocketing up in trajectory. Very well headed for a ranked opponent next, which she is down for. She does not feel like she's being rushed too quickly. And at this point, I mean, I've been saying she's the best prospect in all of MMA. I think you could probably still say she's a prospect, but she's not going to be a prospect for much longer. She gets a ranked opponent next. She beats her the same way she did here. Just dominant. No longer a prospect, man. I don't care how young you are. If you are beating contenders, you're clearly a contender. Um, just just look great, though. Cannot say enough good things about Aaron Blanchfield. I know maybe people cri- have cri- criticized her for not finishing in that crucifix. I thought she was going to was landing some good shots there and then uh, began working for, what, the Americana, I believe it was, or a Kimura. I don't remember exactly which angle uh, she ended up in, but the Americana makes sense from that position, right? So... Yeah, you can critique her for that, but I mean, still, still one-way traffic. Once again, hasn't lost a round in the UFC in just two fights now, but I guess Miranda Maverick, who arguably should have been undefeated, <laughs> should have been undefeated in the UFC. And now, definitely not. So, very excited to see where she goes from here. Again, a bummer that kind of one of these trains had to be pushed back a little bit, but I think if uh, that we'd already seen the steam taken out by that robbery um, against Macy Barber for Miranda Maverick, that is. Da, da, da. So. Stamina says creative stuff verbally tapped to shenanigans strikes. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. Uh, in regards to the mailbag. Um James says he chose to skip the early prelims. My, oh my. Sad times. Scott says, it's all good, man. No worries. And if my questions stink, I have no problem with them getting tossed. Just glad to be watching. Oh, no, no. I didn't mean they were bad or anything like that, Scott. I was just trying to integrate, you know, kind of not save time necessarily, but just kind of group it all together, you know, stay on stay on track. Um, Jimmy says he missed this fight for purposes that will not be named. All right, that could be there could be many different uh, reasons for that, but I like the mystery to it. But I don't like that you missed the fight, and I'm pretty sure you said that you were intentionally not going to watch it last week, Jimmy. So nice try. I know that you just did not want to watch it because of uh, Miranda, or maybe that was James. One one of you said that. Maybe it was Jin. Who knows? Uh, Jin says he checked out Ghost Twitter and just roasted in the chess community. No end. Yes, he's all about that these days. Um. Stamina says Aaron looks solid in there. Me likey. Yeah, man. Only up. All the way up. She's going places. Just uh, going to be curious to see who exactly the UFC wants to put her against next. Um, and yes, if people are getting into uh, <laughs> into the chess, chess talk again. <laughs> and Jen instantly triggers, uh, trigger, triggers him with the, the Magnus talk who uh i don't even know who that is i just know that he's a chess guy after after following ghost i know that there's a a really good chess player named magnus or maybe he's not good 
I'm not going to get into that. Let's not talk about chess, please. We are on an MMA podcast. You guys. Who do we want to see Aaron Blanchfield fight next? Give me, give me your thoughts there. Stamina, help me out here. Who should we see Blanchfield fight next? Is it a top 15? Is it somebody right around the top 15? We just had uh, Meatball Molly booked to fight. Was it Carolina? We talked about that last week. Maybe the winner of that fight, if you want to do someone who's not ranked but is close. Definitely don't do Antonina. Don't do that. For Antonina's sake. Um, Calvillo would that be another tough one for Calvillo. Don't really know what's going on with her. As we said, after her fight, she should probably take some time off, re regroup. I don't know who Aaron fights. I'd have to look at the rankings. I don't really feel like pulling them up. But whoever it's against, you know, might as well just rebook the Macy fight. Hmm? Might as well. Or or you could do Montana versus Blanchfield. Some some kind of variation of those three. I don't think I'd hate that. But uh, Macy dodged a bullet, though. I'll tell you that much. I will tell you that much. The Montana one could be fun, though. Fairly similar in ways. And Scott is agreeing there. He's uh he's with the barber one. Um Go said Blanchfield had some cool guard passes. Not sure why you guys missed this. Haters, man. All they said because of Miranda uh ghost. They said they didn't want to watch because of Miranda. But then I was that was my counterpoint is okay, then watch for Blanchfield because trust me, you won't want to miss it. So Alvin says, what an incredible performance by Blanchfield. Would love to see Maverick get better after this loss. Oh, she will. Don't don't worry about that, Alvin. Um, again, still very young and a talented individual. I think that Aaron is clearly just that much better, which is insane. Insane because of her being younger, too. And not by a lot, but it's it's wild when you look at just the speed of how quickly, how good she's gotten so fast. Um and Stamina says, I love me some Molly, but Aaron would drown her. Yeah. Let me think a little bit. Uh, MDLR would be cool, though. Yeah. See, that one could work. You could do Lipsky, but again, not a favorable matchup for Lipsky. Um, <laughs> obviously, despite despite her looking good in her last fight, a much needed victory. But again, I'm thinking if you're not doing a top 15, but. Uh, I think they'll probably do top 15. They were already willing to give her Macy as a replacement. So after a dominant win like that, yeah. Yeah. Hey, stamina read my mind. Same time, right? Same time. Rain says he dismissed this because he was rewatching the Megumi breakdown. Standards, ghosts, standards. I'm not, I'm not going to be mad at you for consuming Megumi content over anything. So, well played there, Rain. You knew how to get me to uh, not get mad at you there. So, oh, Scott says Mayor Bueno Silva. That one could be fine. Uh, Stamina says Moreau's can't be trusted. Aldrich, that's that's not bad either. Um, if we if if the UFC wants to be slower with with Aaron, then yeah, I think JJ. That's that's a good one. MBS coming off the loss. Could be fine. Could be fine. Moreau's, yeah, that's a that's a tricky one. And I mean, Moreau's Agapova writes itself. I mean, that's a no-brainer. They have to do that. Um, so yeah, some good good choices here, you guys. Thank you, thank you for the contributions. 
But all right, we will move on to the fight that kicked off the night um, and some some controversy uh, in the finishing sequence as Jillian Robertson defeats Priscilla Cachoeira via a first round submission, which was a rear naked choke at 4.59. One second remaining as she's getting eye poked, gouged. You will say, um, I, I, I cringe putting that picture up, but probably the best one to use for this. Jillian Robertson gets it done on the ground, which we knew that was how she would do it. Unfortunately, I did actually not get to see this whole fight until the very end. Like I saw, I don't even know if they were showing the, um, the choking sequence, but they didn't have the TVs on until the fight was over. So I fucking missed the, uh, I missed, I missed this fight, but it sounded like as soon as Robertson went for the takedown, she got it. No surprise there because again, Priscilla Cashewara's takedown defense is just not a thing. And she also missed weight and she tried to eye gouge. So that could lead you to a release lady. That's not a good idea. Neither of those things are good ideas. And she didn't seem to care too much about the weight miss. So, yeah, this fight uh, ended how expected, how predicted. A Jillian submission, but nasty stuff. I don't like that picture. I, I should take it off the screen. I can't stand eye pokes or any eye stuff. Um, instead, I'm going to throw in back to uh, the other fight. The Blanchfield when he says Agapova, I, I I would that would be a fun fight, but that, I don't think you make that one because it's another contender killer or a prospect killer, right? It'd be similar to uh, the Maverick Blanchfield one that we just saw, or any variation of that kind of thing. So I don't say I don't think the UFC will do that, but I also think they should not do that. Would probably be fun, but also that's just a tough matchup for Agapova. When you look at it, there's actually a, not a lot of very problematic grapplers, I guess you could say, for some of these flyweight um, fighters as you continue to climb the ladder. Because like all these matchups that we're talking about, except for maybe Aldrich um, for Aaron, uh, she has she has that ace in the hole with the, her grappling. It's a very just a very big X factor. Against a lot of these people we're mentioning. Um, and Go says he actually missed this as well since the ESPN Plus crashed right when it started. Okay, well, maybe that's why I missed it too, <laughs> even though shouldn't be the case when uh, you're at the at the event. So, yeah. Stamina says he missed this due to trying and failing to secure the attention of a woman. Won't do that again. How gnarly was it? <laughs> well, that's a bummer, man. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Um it was uh it was pretty gross. I mean, you can kind of see in that picture. Um I I mean, thankfully it didn't like do any real damage, right? So yeah. I'm not I'm not the severity of it wasn't too bad, thankfully. Um all right, so it seems everybody missed this. <laughs> As Jen says, it wasn't worth watching this one either. Okay, well, that's an opinion. Since when I when I tried to ESPN Plus. Okay, it was just down for everybody then. Uh, if you didn't skip it, apparently. So I guess no one was meant to watch this fight. You'll have to go back and rewatch it if you want to. Um, 
and stamina mentioned Calvio there, but yeah, that's uh that's one that Calvio should avoid as well. Um but yeah, if Jillian Robertson gets it done, see what's next for her. Hey, maybe you do Blanchfield versus Robertson. <laughs> Why not? Why not? You want to see it? That's pretty much a jujitsu match in MMA. I mean, not really. We know that Blanchfield has begun to, he's really been working on her striking, but uh, that'd be a fun, that'd be a very fun grappling matchup, I think. I mean, even though we did see Jillian get exposed on her back against Santos, so same thing could happen against Aaron, but hey, there we go. There's something. There's something. There's something possible. If you want to do same night of the fight, same fights on the same night, winners, little mini tournament. There you go. Um, Jimmy says it was also down for him. ESPN Plus, that is. Wanted to watch this for our boy Drake. Appreciate you, Jimmy. Thank you. Uh, he says, but ESPN Plus was down for the first 10 minutes. Damn, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. Oh, boy. Let's not talk about that website. Not a fan of them. <laughs> so, all right, you guys. That was UFC 269. Crazy, crazy event. Top to bottom. And uh, all the aftermath that it has provided us with, where we can go from here, only the MMA gods know. But what also happened this weekend was Deep Jewels 35, which had a couple surprises. And this is an event which I have yet to get to see because, again, was very busy with uh, all the stuff in Vegas. But... Uh, definitely going to be worth checking out once it is up on YouTube as Aya Murakami, as you can see the picture there, continues to just be on an absolute roll, gets her third first round armbar in a row against Mizuki Furuse, who was dropping down from atom weight to micro weight, 97 pounds. Uh, yeah, I mean, Murakami, I knew she had this kind of potential in her and She's really showing up and showing out. Bummer that we didn't get to see her continue onward in the uh, Adam Weight tournament. But now, you guys, here's some fun for you. Here's some good fun. As I said, microweight. She is a very tiny individual, but very lethal as well. It sounds like, sounds like this could be the next fight for Sari Oshima. She has to defend that title. You know, Sari is a double champ. Obviously, her last time in deep. Uh, was when she won the Atomweight title in that tournament that I just alluded to right there. But now, uh, Mr. Seki, who is the the promoter, um, he said after the fight that, yeah, she's probably uh, going to be the next title challenger for Sayori at microweight. So that's a really fun matchup. I really like that one. And uh, it was one we could have seen at Atomweight as well, and we could still see it there at someday. These are both you know two phenomenal fighters that should be around for a good while. But uh, yeah, very fun grappling fight there. If that happens, and if uh, CRE is next going to be defending, which as of right now, I th I think it probably looks like, and we'll get to some of the news <laughs> later. But so yeah, Aya gets it done. Also of note, uh, our girl Eru Takabayashi, another setback, continues to stay active, rack up all this experience, uh, wh whether it's in losses or wins, but unfortunately, Eru gets submitted in the first round by uh, Mori Suda, who 
you want to talk about all these youngsters coming up <laughs> battle of teenagers here uh eru is a uh, 18 now but mary suda is 17 years old and i got i got the little bit of the recap here from our boy uh charlie that's so Kaku. shout out to him he's the man has always always has the coverage here if you want to see the results and all that but uh this is how the fight went he says that as soon as the bell rang uh mori ran at eru ate a knee and got the match to the ground then she chained together a guillotine choke attempt which led to a heel hook attempt which led to a front choke attempt and finally an armbar that forced the striker to tap out very curious to see this one uh it, it ended what how quickly into the first round here suda submitted her 441 so okay almost made it out of there but all those submission attempts is very interesting to hear about but yeah takabayashi obviously has to work on that grappling obviously uh that's that's been her that's been her biggest kryptonite clearly she's a great striker at her age still scary to think about how much better she can be but doesn't hurt too much you know these are learning lessons especially at this age um also on the card though king reina she gets a submission over Taya armbar 455 of the first round good for her kate lotus gets in the win column Gets back in the win column, defeating uh, Oi Kuriyama. Yeah, decision. Who else here? Hanako Sawa defeated uh, Kano Kagaya. Unanimous decision as well. Uh, Miki Mitono defeated Hime. Unanimous decision. She gets back in the win column after her um, two fights with Seki Zawa. So, yeah, this was a pretty, pretty interesting card. It sounds like some things of note, but obviously the biggest one is uh, Ay Murakami continuing. Continuing this microweight run here. So Deep Jewels always putting on good shows, man. I, I wish I got to catch this one live. Um, James says a fan of Punch Breakdown could be giving his prediction again. Stamp Fairtex is striking. Good guess. We talked about Stamp last week with the grappling. Go back to back like uh, Ayaka when we did her. Oh, and look at Rain. Look at that. He says the fan of Punch today. Uh, he's making the guess of Murakami. There you go. Good one there. Uh, and then Rue also saying, oh, Murakami. James saying, no, Eru Takabashi, I blame Ghost for his breakdown. <laughs> Exposing her to all her opponents. Man, that'll be the day, you guys, wouldn't it? That'll be the day once we hear that some of these, especially these Japanese fighters or something, I guess it wouldn't make sense for them because they you know, can't read what uh what what we're showing in the breakdown but they can definitely see the arrows and all that but that'll be the day when we hear that somebody highlights uh one of the phantom punch breakdowns as something that helped them get through a fight that would be very cool that's a new goal for all of us right we got to get that to happen um whether it's in one way or the other right <laughs> like if it helps somebody lose who got highlighted or if it helps them beat another person that got highlighted. I think that's the only way for that to happen. Um, and Jimmy says the Phantom Punch curse exists for Eru. Oh, no, don't put that out there. Let's not let's not make that a thing. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, she hasn't won since that happened, huh? Um, oh, no. Oh, no. But a Ghost, yeah, with a great point. It says, guys, come on. I told you Eru gives her back really easily. It's a habit. It's something she needs to work on. Uh, yes. And again. Still very, very young, but um, 
she got armbarred though. So, I mean, I will have to see exactly how uh, it got there. And as, as Charlie highlighted, he said there was a couple uh, attempts there, guillotine, heel hook and what have you. But yeah, of course, still very young. Again, it doesn't hurt too much when you're 18, but uh, impressive work from Suda, who was also a good one to watch at 17. Ridiculous. Teenagers. How about that? So that was Deep Jewels 35. If you guys want to see the rest of uh, Charlie's recap, go to sogukaku.com, S-O-G-O-K-A-K-U.com. Charlie Jewett, he is, uh, I don't know, I don't know his handle, but he's on Twitter as well. Great follow. Charlie's the best. And he has a, a Japanese MMA show with uh, Shu Hirata, who's one of the top managers in the game as well. So always good listening to their insights. <laughs> and Chin says, so Eru not getting a grappling breakdown. Not yet. She's got to work for that one. That's for sure. That's for sure. But all right. With that out of the way, now we can crack on open the mailbag, the mailbox, whatever you want to call it. We've got some mail. Got Yusuf in there. We've got Scott in there. And I completely, completely just forgotten, abandoned my train of thought that I said earlier about sectioning these things together because that is not... I forgot to do that for these other fights because, as I said, Scott did have questions regarding the other fights, but we'll do them in the mailbag anyway uh, or in the end because, like I said, I fucked that up. So we'll start off with this one from Scott. As somebody, he had a bot get on him there, I can see, uh, which is funny. I think I've seen that bot actually going around uh, other places. But Scott asks in the mailbag, where do you guys stand on the cash where I gouged is what should and what will the UFC do with her shout out to the Savage. That was a dope performance. So yeah, I kind of, I kind of did answer this already anyway, but, um, uh, I think, I think Dana said that he actually did not realize that she did that when we asked him about it at the press conference. But, um, with the, with the missing weight and doing that, that very well could lead to a release, but she's just too, she's only, she had a two, five winning streak snapped, right? So two and one in your last three on paper, she still should be okay. I would think, but that's if, uh, unless Dana looks at the eye gouge and doesn't like that. If he just ignores it and never gets around to it, she's going to stick around. That's how I feel about that. What should they do though? I mean, you should probably cut her because it was not great. Not great, obviously. And James and uh, Jimmy agree. Yeah, missing weight and then trying to take eyeballs out of your opponent's head. Not a great look. All right. So Scott's other question here about the other fight, as mentioned, he says, uh, I know Maverick is with a new team. But did you notice the difference in both corners during her fight with cold-blooded? Blanchfield's co coach was calm and positive, while Maverick's coach was, to me, over the top and didn't look like she uh, was receiving advice. Thoughts? So I, I don't, I didn't quite pay too much attention to this, Scott. Um, you know, being backstage and all that, a lot of things going on um, in between rounds, kind of making sure I'm doing whatever I need to be doing. 
just to keep things up and running uh, with the the coverage and all that. So I didn't quite pay much to attention to the in between the corner stuff at all, really. So I can't I can't really comment on this, but. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't really pay attention to it, so I don't know what to say there. But hmm. <laughs> Rue says uh, she has a domestic violence charge, missed weight and eye gouge. How do you not hate her? Talking about Priscilla Cachuera. Um I I don't recall this domestic violence charge, so I'm going to say allegedly on that. But I, I think I remember hearing something about it, but uh don't want to put out anything false. But that does sound familiar, but we'll say an alleged just for my sake of being accurate and not putting out things that aren't true. Stamina agrees. Priscilla might get the scissors. She's got a pretty low ceiling. She's not really an asset. That's fair. But she comes to bang. She swangs and bangs, which UFC always loves. I mean, look at how long Diego Sanchez lasted. Jeremy Stevens is still around. Uh, Stamina says, I don't fetishize such things typically, but I get it this time. All right. Yeah. And, uh, sorry, Scott, again, for uh, not being able to answer really this uh, second question about the corner work. Um, I mean, I kind of remember going to the third round. I remember kind of Mavericks coaches being you know, like she needed to step on the gas and get the finish because clearly she was down two rounds. So I do remember that, but uh, yeah, it didn't didn't work out uh, in theory. It did start off all right for her and then again made the not so smart decision to try and take Blanchfield down. So that brings us to our boy Yusuf and his questions for the day. Some good ones. And he has an absolutely fantastic profile picture right now. If you guys can see that, it's very tiny, but it's Joe Rogan interviewing Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what that was after. It's been so long since I watched the uh, that show or any iteration of that show, but hilarious. I love that. Um, so shout out to Yusuf's new profile picture. Uh, but he asks, does Aldana's boxing cause Nunez any problems? It always has had. The, it, it always has been able to. It has always been able to, Yusuf. Um, and I mean, clearly after seeing Pena find success, albeit in such a strange manner, she still did. So of course, after seeing that, it, you can't disagree or say that Aldana's boxing has any reason to do less uh, against Nunes. But yeah, I think that was that was always of that is is still and always has been a very compelling matchup. Aldana versus Nunes on the feet, specifically because of Aldana striking, uh, being able to keep up when she's when she's on point. Um, but the problem was just. If Amanda wants to take her down, then she's probably in trouble. So, yes, uh, Aldana's boxing always a big problem for everybody. Uh, unless she has a broken foot and faces Holly Holm. And then he asks, is there now a blueprint to beating Nunes at 135? I don't, I don't know if I'd say that. I really don't think I would say that because, again, she looked so great in that first round. And it seemed like just her brain went out the window once she got hit by one good shot so i don't know if i'd say that's a blueprint I, if that's the blueprint the blueprint is to land on nunez and don't be afraid of her maybe that is it maybe that is it i guess you could say that's kind of what happened in the katsingano fight hang in there and don't go away i know that was many many moons ago but 
I guess it could be Yusuf. That's a good question, but I I'm not ready to say that just yet. Um, and then he says, assuming Pena wins the rematch, what names are in contention for the shot? Also, what happens at 145? All right, we'll start off with the first part of that. Um, well, I mean, everybody pretty much now. GDR has a win over Pena. She's right there already. Holly Holm, of course, they were supposed to fight. She's back on a winning stretch. Aldana, as you mentioned, Ketlin Vieira. All the usual suspects. I mean, GDR and Holm were likely not going to be facing Nunes. Holly always has a chance, unfortunately, but GDR was in limbo with Nunes as Bantamweight champ. Now she's good to go, you would think. Um, But yeah, I wouldn't say Aspen Lad just because she has to get her shit together, but those four, I think easily. Ketlin, Aldana... Home and GDR, those are all those are all the ones right there. And we'll see um what happens as other people continue to climb, but those are the immediates. And then what happens at 145? Well, might as well just let's just really get rid of it now. <laughs> I mean, they're not gonna because again, as we mentioned earlier, thanks to Chris, shout out to Chris Edwards Bailey. Now the rematch is a tie, a champ versus champ fight. So that's that's a big selling point. Totally forgot about that. So they're going to keep it around at least until after. Maybe we won't see any fights there, but we're going to still have that title existing. It really depends on what happens after that. Because you guys know my thoughts on 145. I don't want to talk about that, Yusuf. <laughs> so I don't think it impacts it too much at the immediate stages. But Felicia Spencer's gone now. I mean, really, they should just... Just fucking stop. Just stop, please. But it's a marketing tool at this point. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, apologies there. A little sniffly. Go says, I mean, the UFC brought her in for Valentina to slaughter, but yeah, cut her. He's mentioned talking about the uh, Cachoeira fallout. Um, for those of you maybe just tuning in, thank you so much if you are. And I, I keep forgetting to say this, but if anyone is tuning in and watching on Twitter, again, cannot see the comments on Twitter. You're going to have to go to YouTube if you want to chime in. I wish that wasn't the case. I don't know why it's like that, but it is here on StreamYard. Uh, Jimmy says, ah, that pick is after Frieza shot Vegeta in the heart on Namek. There we go. <laughs> boy, Jimmy, with the, with the deep cut there. Nicely done. Good memory. Uh, Scott says, no sweat, but more importantly, did you say it looked like I had a bot attached, like I've been hacked? I'm unaware of so. No, no, it just that's just that uh, somebody, a bot responded to you trying to do their bot stuff. So you you should be fine. I've never heard of anything like that happening. But yeah, just a spam, spam comment, Scott. Don't worry. Ghost says the future of uh, women striking is Pena with her Mackenzie Dern right hands that square her up. Oh, boy. Uh, Yusuf says, can I ask Steve, the Steve, these questions, uh, next week, Stephen, <laughs> Stephen King. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes, of course you can. Um, I have no problem with that. Just, um, maybe, maybe send them again. So I don't forget that would be helpful. And stamina says Aldana's boxing causes Nunes problems, but Nunes tosses Aldana around the way she did GDR. She won't stand there and take it. She knows better just as with GDR Pena. She simply didn't respect. Yeah. 
exactly. I, I agree with that. Jimmy says, yes, but Whaley and Ketlin don't know how to handle distance and are gun shy. <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, James says, well, I thought Yusuf asked about, would ask about Nunez's distance control. <laughs> uh, Ruth says, Whaley and Ketlin doesn't know how to manage distance, even though they were hitting their opponents in the face. But Yusuf thinks Nunez is great distance control. <laughs> oh, guys, let's not, let's not push Yusuf away again. Um, funny, though. Very funny. Very funny. So, all right, we'll close up the mailbag right there. Right there, as we move to the news. Thank you, as always, for dropping anything in, even if it's not as fun and creative as it maybe once was. Feel free to get crazy with things again, because we had some serious ridiculousness a couple months ago. That might, yeah, that was months ago now. So, Little Scott is here, and he says he still can't believe Penny One. Neither can I. Somebody wake us up. Somebody wake us up. To, can we get unplugged from the Matrix, please? Um, and speaking of Matrix, how excited are you guys for that? If you are, <laughs> I'm I'm staying optimistic. I'm staying hopeful because I love the Matrix trilogy. Yes, I said it. I love all three of the movies. And I need I want to rewatch them before going into that one. Just to see how they maintain everything, which is a big worry, but. I'm trying to be the, the prince of positivity to Alvin's kingliness when it comes to that. Not to get off on a Matrix tangent, but I had to make that connection there. So let's get to the news, you guys. couple fights. One massive, massive surprise. You might know which one I'm talking about, especially if you follow me. That was announced a couple of days ago. But we'll start off with this one, which very, very under the radar booking. I've not seen much talk about it at all, but Amanda Hibas will now be taking on Karate Hottie, Michelle Watterson, on March 26th in the uh, the return to Columbus, Ohio for the UFC, leaving the Apex for a fight night. Maybe we're getting back to uh, old times. They can get back to these cities they were supposed to go to. Please, Dana, come back to Portland. I was very upset when that show got canceled. Or Seattle. I'll take either one. I'm right in the middle. So not right in the middle middle, but I am between both of them. So come on, throw your boy a bone here, man. Uh, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I think it's a tough one for Watterson. She's kind of in a weird spot now. I think we know her ceiling quite clearly. And Marina, I just realized just beat both of these, these women. <laughs> She's <laughs> just... uh. Had her way with both of them. And now uh, Michelle looking to rebound off of that fight, actually. Hasn't fought since then. I think it's, this has the potential to be a fun one, but if Hebus continues to keep rolling the way she did against Jandaroba, should be a fairly tough night in there for Watterson. But you never know with her, right? That's kind of that's what makes her fun for the most part. But... Again, I think we know her ceiling is what it is. Not mad at the matchup, though. I think it's fine. Um, yeah, I guess I guess I don't have too much to say about it just yet, but look forward to it. A little bit surprised. 
not surprised, but I just didn't expect it. it. Makes sense. It makes sense. Stamina says, "Cut use of some slack, fellas. Mock the people that think they can't learn anything. Not the not those that themselves recognize uh, they're still learning." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, and Scott says, "Excited for both the Matrix and Book of Boba Fett." There we go, my guy. Um, not I'm not a Star Wars guy personally, but thanks for thanks for feeling the same sentiment there. Uh, Litchfield says he likes Hebus here by decision. Jen says, is, is this them building Hebus up? Um, I, I don't know about that. <clears throat> um, I mean, this fight was supposed to happen a while ago, wasn't it? And then that's why, uh, that's why Hebus fought Marina. That fight was supposed to be Watterson. So this is one that they've been thinking about for a while. If I'm remembering correctly, I'm pretty sure that's how that went. So let's get it out of the way. Should be, should have happened already. Uh, Scott says, good test for Hebus, likes this fight. Uh, Ghost says, not nah, looking forward to this with Watterson's meme kicks and shadow boxing. Well, she better get it to the ground, huh? Even though she's not totally safe there either. He says, and probably Hebus gets this due to dumb matchmaking. I mean, it's fine. I think it's fine. Scott says, Watterson, tough to finish. That is very true. She is very durable. <clears throat> Stamina says Watterson will outpoint Hebus in an anticlimactic 15 minutes. I hope to be wrong seeing Watterson at 115 again. Actually, let me stop there. <laughs> Jen, not a fan of either of them. Jimmy says this is the UFC definitely building up Hebus. All right. So everyone kind of feels that uh that we know who is in favored in who the favored fighter is. Which, yeah, I think it should be Hebus as well, but. Yusuf says, hey, I'm uneducated in MA, which is why I asked those questions. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> I hope they're not bullying you, Yusuf. Please don't take it to heart. Uh, I love I love the questions, so keep them coming, man. Keep them coming. Keep them all coming. Let's get crazy again next week. And Go says, that's what makes Watterson fun when she's scrapping on the ground. Yes. Yeah. She's definitely always uh, quite fun to watch when she gets into the grappling engagements. So... That one is coming up a ways away. Not in the apex, as mentioned. So, yeah. As we move on to the... There's there's normal news, surprise news, and the weird news <laughs> of, of this, this week. Three bits, and we'll get to the second one here, which is uh, that Hisei Watanabe, the legend, of course, is set for a Muay Thai fight against a woman named Karen <laughs> on March 20th. Um, let's see which promotion this is in. Dragon, no. Dragon Boxing Stadium I or Battlefield 20. I don't know. I think that's what it's called. Not sure what weight it's at, but probably Adam weight because he's a Watanabe. Legendary Adam weight fighter, of course. One of the hardest hitting women of all time. I mean, maybe if you just consider her size, maybe she's the hardest hitting woman of all time because of how she would knock people out at 105 pounds. But uh, yeah, she has a Muay Thai fight booked all the way out in March, which this is just kind of weird and certainly surprising because uh, I know that she's looking to get back in MMA and I think has things planned for her MMA return, but nothing official yet. So 
for her to go from her return to action after what five years away, take that kickboxing match that she had, unfortunately lost it. Looked like she was definitely shaking off some ring rust, and then to go into a Muay Thai fight here. She's uh she's a wild one. <laughs> she's a wild one trying to rekindle that fighting spirit at 40 years old now. So good for her. Uh, I hope it goes well for her. But all I can tell you about Karen is that she's clearly a champion, as you can see in the picture. So <laughs> props to Hisei for taking on these young up-and-coming talents in uh, striking sports. So that'll be something. <laughs> that'll be something. Uh, going back to the other one, Stamina says, if we get the Watterson that fought Hill, happy days. Indeed. Rue says, what the heck is this? <laughs> James says, this is weird. Yeah, very much so. I want to see he say this in MA again. Um, maybe she's just not ready for, I mean, this is in March. This is in March. So maybe she wants to get a, like a striking victory before involving grappling again. I don't know. I don't know. would have to ask her, but I just, yeah. It's it's that's why I said it's the weird news of the week, but yeah. Uh, Jimmy says, "Is this like Tyron Woodley versus Jake Paul madness without the madness?" <laughs> A little bit, you could say that. Um, yeah, MMA versus Muay Thai. Even though Hisei has fought in kickboxing and whatnot, you know, back in the early days when she was on her first run. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's happening. That's happening apparently in Dragon Boxing Stadium, wherever that is. I love the name though. Battlefield 20, 10th anniversary tournament. That whole thing. So, <clears throat> all right, you guys. Now I'm very, very excited and blown away a little bit about the uh, next bit of news uh, that we're getting to here. And I cannot wait to hear what you guys think about it because I haven't seen many, not too many reactions, uh, you know, because this was announced during the fight week. But holy shit, holy motherfucking shit, you guys. Pardon my French, but Seki Zawa, <laughs> her Ryzen debut at Ryzen 33 this New Year's Eve will be against... <laughs> the fucking goat, <laughs> Ayaka Hamasaki, in her Ryzen debut. Non-title fight, which I think if you're going to go this crazy, why don't you just make it for the title? Come on. Sek is the strawweight champ in Deep Jewels anyway, but holy fuck. This is just mind-blowing to me for many reasons. I love it. I hate it. I don't know. this. If you want to talk about... I can't handle all this with Pena winning and then this fight being announced in the same week. <clears throat> this is absolutely absurd in, in all the best and worst ways possible. <laughs> this is the definition of a legend versus rising star fight. Um, my God, you want to talk about the throne to the wolves or the deep waters this is that as well. Sink or swim, motherfucker. Sorry, Seka, you are going to, you're going to go swim with uh, five sharks. That's what the this is, the equivalent of. Um, This is crazy. This is so crazy to me. But that's kind of why I love it. It's kind of why I hate it. 
it's uh mind blowing. It is mind blowing, but it has all the potential to be either very sad for Seka or holy shit, she is the next coming of MMA female Jesus <laughs> because what a passing of the torch moment that would be if Seka can come in here and defeat Ayaka Hamasaki in what her her sixth fight, uh, her her second atom weight fight. I think she what she's only like twenty three, you know. Again, right up there with Aaron Blanchfield, in my opinion. I think they're one A and one B best prospect in the entire sport. If Sayaki Zawa, I mean. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised, you guys. This year, we've seen Demetrius Johnson get knocked out. First time ever. We've seen Amanda Nunes get stopped just this past Saturday. Those are two goats. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Ayaka Hamasaki get finished because that's just what 2021 is doing to us. And Seika Izawa, as young and inexperienced as she still is in MMA, she is good enough to do it. Now, am I going to say that's what's going to happen? Definitely not. And definitely not going to make a prediction just yet. But I believe highly in this woman, as we all should, because she is a true phenom. She is the future, even if she loses this fight. But you're taking on one of the best fighters of all time. (laughs) In your rising debut, no less. Pretty big fucking stage. This is like, I I don't know how to describe it, but um, it's, it's a very, very unique type of fight to be made. And again, then if Seka wins, instant rematch, no doubt about it, guaranteed. And then it's for the title. Just just make it for the title anyway. I think you know if you're gonna if you're gonna have Ayaka fight, what's the point of not doing it? It, it feels we treat them that way anyways, right? Like just because it's put as non-title doesn't mean we think of the champion. And then when you do the instant rematch anyway, like with uh Horiguchi and Kai when he lost that kind of thing, it just it's kind of silly. It's kind of silly. I I don't understand the point of uh, the non-title part, but yeah. This is crazy. This is absolutely crazy (laughs) in all the ways possible. I love it again, but I hate it because of just because it's like if if Seka loses, it's not a setback for her because she's still as young as she is. As talented as she is zero there, it does. It really doesn't hurt her whatsoever if she loses here, except for the fact that she'll have lost to the champion. She'll have lost to the champion and then. It's like, all right, well, now she's got to work her way back to a rematch. What if she loses that one, too, depending on how quickly it is? Then you're in a weird John Fitch type of territory. That's the only downside to this, I think, is, you know, don't want I don't want to see her put in a limbo right away. <laughs> but then again, Ayaka, as we know, is older. She doesn't seem like she's wanting to slow down or stop anytime soon, but... We'll see. We'll see, right? That that's the downside of it, I think. And then if Ayaka loses, 
again, passing of the torch. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe this is a secret retirement fight because this is like that, that a perfect moment of that happening. But man, I, I, I have already thought so much about this. Like, this is one of those fights that where I'm laying down at night and I'm like, how the fuck is this going to go? I can see so many things happening here. Seika is a pretty big atom weight. Um, you know, she's a decent size straw weight, very strong and just incredible technique. Uh, you got anyone, you guys know, if you've been following her, we've been talking about her plenty. The, the stuff that she's been able to do and who she's done it to in her career so far and uh, her grappling career. I mean, the way she just effortlessly defeated uh, Tommy Matsu and me, um, was it, it wasn't Motono. I mean, she did beat Motono, but um, oh, who was it? Mika Nagano was, I think that was who the tag team match was single-handedly beat them both by herself. Just insane. Just insane for the experience differences there. Um, this fight is so fascinating. On the ground, right? Because Ayaka should be fine on the feet. Seka is improving on the feet as well. But the real, <laughs> the real, the real bread and butter that's on the ground in this fight. And I promise you that Seka is going to try and take it there. Oh, this does this does a lot for me. This does a lot for me, you guys. This might be my most anticipated fight all year because of how how absurd it is. <laughs> for all the reasons I just mentioned, let me see what you guys think. My goodness, my goodness. Okay, I think I did see some comments actually earlier. Now that I think about it, as Jimmy uh, Jimmy says, "What the fuck? Why not Oshima?" <laughs> So Oshima versus Ayaka or Seika, Jimmy, because I saw somebody mention to me, why not Oshima versus Seika, I think. I actually don't know. I don't know. Whoever said that might have been you. I didn't actually get the clarity on who they thought Oshima should fight because clearly Oshima is, he's number two in the world, right? After beating Kana, she's the number two Adam Wayne in the world as far as I'm concerned. Um, she earned a title shot right away. She should be fighting Ayaka. That should be the next title defense. But as we talked about earlier, she is a double champ still. Probably going to defend the microwave title instead. Still holding two belts. And again, if you guys listened to when I talked to her, she doesn't even sound ready to fight Ayaka. So, like, in her mind. I, I mean, having sparred with her as much as she does, she knows better than all of us, which is crazy because we see how good she is. Like, we think that she could hang with Ayaka. We know she could. She's that good. But she doesn't. That's that's how fucking good Ayaka Hamasaki is, you guys. I mean, really. You think about that. We all see that. We all want that. Oshima Hamasaki looks incredible to us. But she doesn't think so. That's wild. That's how good Ayaka Hamasaki is. I'm sorry. <clears throat> like, when you really put that into perspective. That's crazy. <clears throat> And I mean, Oshima versus Izawa, that, that could have, you, you could do that. And I think that we'll definitely see that at some point. Don't you worry. I know we've talked about that plenty as well. So that might be what you're talking about, Jimmy. But <clears throat> again, she's got two belts. So probably going to defend one of those before we see her again in Ryzen or, you know. And again, with Murakami doing her thing, we'll, we'll probably get that, but. Adam Wade is fun right now, man. This is what we, this injection of life, it has arrived a little bit quicker than I thought it would. It really has. 
And Jin says, seriously, this makes no sense. Why, why not make Ocean Mother Seika instead of Hamasaki? Okay, so there Jin is on the thought process of Oshima Seika instead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's logic to both, but Seika, uh, no, not Oshima has, she she deserves the title shot. She's the number one contender. Uh, Rue says, this makes no sense. He's always going to get blown away on the striking end, whereas Oshima, where's Oshima at? Again, got two belts. Uh, James says, why don't you fight Oshima, everyone? Yeah, that's the, it's the, it's fair. Rain says, no chance that Izawa pulls this off, but Pena did, so who knows? That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't be surprised anymore. And if anyone's going to do it, Oshima, I mean, I get me all mixed up with these great fighters. Uh, Izawa has the potential to, to do it. And I mean, you want to talk about upsets? Where, where these ups, all these great all-time upsets, I mean, when you look at the experience difference, at least in number of fights and performances, I guess you could say, that would be right up there too. Seki Zawa should be a pretty big underdog, despite how great she is as well. She, she's just, we know that she's, it shouldn't be at the level of Ayaka yet, but that's the crazy part about this sport is she might be, you guys. She might show us she is. I'm excited. <laughs> even though it's it's all over the place in terms of how you feel about it yeah uh jimmy says is this in the cage and why isn't she fighting siori uh no this will be in the ring uh the only cage fights for ryzen will be at ryzen trigger events but this will be in the ring um and yeah i think i've answered the siori stuff already Jin says, Phantom Punch Breakdown has to be another Hamasaki one. <laughs> we'll find out soon enough. Jimmy says, 2020 was the worst year. Whaley doesn't have the belt. <laughs> that also happened. That also happened. If you want to talk about 2021 being crazy. James says, UFC 261 and 268 were the only two big reviews I bought just for Whaley. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rue says, Jimmy, 2020 is very sad for that exact reason. Uh, Alvin says, what an incredible fight to make. Mizizawa is a talented prospect, and Hamasaki has skills and tricks. Wish both the best and safe health. <laughs> Love it, Elvin. Uh, Go says, I wouldn't be mad if Hamasaki retires after she wins a close one. Yeah. I mean, I would, I'll be bummed if we don't see her and Sari fight. I really will be, but again, I'm just, I'm just happy to see Ayaka fight for as long as we possibly can. Um, and again, she, I, the, she still has made no indications further that she's thinking more and more about retirement but you never know you never know with her uh again hasn't indicated though rue says fan of punch might be uh he boss all right all right jimmy says i'm positive it has to be Ayak. <laughs> uh, and he says it should be oshima versus Izawa. again we'll get that one one day James says, really, why isn't it Oshima Verseka? Rue says, I wish it was Oshima versus Awa. The transitions would have been great. Ooh, I know. I know. There's potential in this one, though. There's potential in this one. Wild. Wild, wild. The uh, the shock of the week, without a doubt. Not even, I mean, news-wise. Shock of the week, news-wise. I don't think anything, clearly, out of what we just talked about, came close. The Watanabe one was weird. That was a surprise, but it was not on that level. My goodness. My goodness. And that's the news cycle. That fight, that fight does things to me. <laughs> so, 
boy, oh boy, what a New Year's it's going to be. So, all right, you guys, we have reached the time where we talk about the fights coming up. So that means UFC Vegas 45 is on deck. We have three bouts to discuss at Bantamweight, Flyweight, and Strawweight. All the divisions that matter in the UFC. All the real divisions, I guess you could say. Uh, same thing. So we'll start off with one that was not meant to be or not supposed to be because, unfortunately, the Raging Panda hurt her knee. So now that means Macy Chason has stepped in to take on Raquel Pennington. And that's not a bad replacement. Not a bad replacement at all. Stylistically, this fight has all the makings to be quite a banger. Just as the Raquel versus um, Panty fight was. This one could be good. And it's good to see Macy back again after the whole Aspen Lad nonsense. Taking on a tough Rocky on short notice. So I'm curious to hear from uh, Macy and what happened on her end and why she didn't get that Norma Dumont fight. But instead, she draws the Rocky one. And is a slight underdog. Okay. All right. How about that? I mean, that's fair. She is the one coming in. Rocky looked pretty solid in that fight with... um. Uh, with Panny, as I mentioned. And here we are. We know that Macy has great power. I mean, her striking, always pretty on point. She had the weird one, of course, against Lena Landsberg. Don't think Raquel is going to really dominate her on the ground or try and outgrapple her the way that Landsberg did in that one, which was kind, kind of unexpected. I think uh, we all didn't see that fight to go. Exactly that way. Maybe some of you did, but I definitely didn't. So here we are now. And I mean, Rocky Pennington, incredibly durable as well. So if anyone's going to survive some uh, some of those Macy bombs, it would certainly be her. I feel like it has been so long, though, since, uh, I mean, eight months since the Renault fight, where Macy did show some solid ground improvements, really mixed it up in that fight, actually. So. I wouldn't be surprised if she maybe tries to take Rocky down at some point. Don't think, again, that we'll see Rocky try and take it down. But from Macy, if she wants to have her best chances to win, she should definitely mix it up and make Raquel think she's going to. And also, guys, it's kind of surprising that this fight is like the third or fourth of the night. I mean, these are, I hate that when it's fucking top-ranked fighters. So that drives me a little bit crazy is a short notice replacement fight, but if if Avila and Pennington was supposed to be here anyway, that's still stupid. So yeah, we'll see. What do we got, you guys? What do we got? Centro's here. What's up, man? Good to see you. Thank you. He says, sorry I'm late, but it's great to see you again. Great to see you too. Thank you so much, man. Just in time. You haven't missed the Phantom Punch breakdown this week, and I'm very excited to get to it. Plenty of great guesses throughout the show so far but who will be right who will be the right one scott says come on man you know the shock of the week was herb dean winning <laughs> referee of the year at the world MMA awards right gotta have your thoughts <laughs> i'm so happy you brought that up uh that's yeah 
yeah. Um, I can just shake my head, man. Uh, I was, I was there for that, right? I was at the World MMA Awards. Pretty fun to be there, actually. And they had an open bar, so I got a little bit, a little bit tossed. Um, yeah, it was kind of quiet in there when Herb won. <laughs> it was kind of quiet in there, and of course, I was, uh, I wasn't so drunk that I made a big stink of anything but i was like oh come on you know audibly sighed uh yeah i who, who I, this is the problem with joe rogan saying the things he does this was fan voted and they really voted herb dean but you know what was more surprising than that to me because most ma fans can be complete idiots most not all love you guys but what was more surprising out of the awards to me was morning combat winning MMA programming of the year. That was stunning to me. Like, obviously I know some of you guys might not be a big fan of Brian Campbell. I definitely, you know, I don't, I will never agree with the things that he said about Kai Asakura and, you know, all that rise and stuff. Um, but good for them. Good for them, man, to beat, the shows that they beat or the programming. I mean, I think contender series was in that fucking category, which it doesn't belong. It's, it's fights, you know, it's fights. It's, I wouldn't, it's a promotion. I guess you could say, right? Like a sub promotion in within the UFC, whatever, but that shouldn't be in that category. It beat that more people voted for morning combat than contender series. I think embedded was in there. Um, some ESPN stuff. I mean, very surprising. Morning combat would beat all that stuff. That just shows how, how good of a job those guys do. And Luke Thomas, I think he's a pretty great mind as well in the sport. You know, very, very thorough, really looks at stuff. I like Luke. So <laughs> Scott said, you said to get crazy with it. That is true. Rain says, Herb Dean, the old standard, as Dan Hardy likes to say. That's a good one. How have I not heard that? Um Chin says Herb Dean winning rep of the year for that. He must stop it against Marina. He even had a not so great one this week. I don't remember which fight it was, but yeah. Uh, how about that Herb stoppage for Kai versus Rogerio Bontarin? Yeah, yeah. That was. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Jimmy, not a fan. Scott says they got his vote. All right, there you go. Um, Jin says Brian Campbell literally said Whaley holding the belt was bad for the sport. If he said that, that's absurd. Yeah. Um, very, very stupid. Uh, Stamina says BC is a weeping, unwashed. <laughs> Luke Thomas, all good by me, though. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't need to say anymore. You guys can take the words right out for me but i i still thought that was cool and crazy for you know a show like you know that's just a podcast like what we're doing here essentially right um for that to win that category i think is pretty cool and uh yeah a lot of people were surprised by that I, the, the guys that i was around and all so but as for this fight to get back on track jesus wow really derailed things there scott my goodness um Rocky Pennington, Macy Chason, obviously the experience is in favor of Rocky. Looked great against Panny, as I mentioned. Uh, the Marion Renault fight was all right. Very, very clinch heavy. Rocky does always a lot of good work in there. 
think she has, is capable of doing that again against Macy. Of course, she's going to be at a little bit of a length advantage here in the height and reach. But if you remember, she did just fine against Jessamine Duke in that crazy ultimate fighter fight again. Or I guess it should be said that Macy is much better than Jessamine Duke ever was. So I think she will be able to utilize her distance and length advantages a bit better than Jessamine. So, yeah, this is a tough fight to predict. It really is a tough fight to predict. So I think that the short notice doesn't help Macy too much, you know, especially with the inactivity. Uh, I don't know. I guess that could go either way, but power, we know that's in her favor. She needs to mix it up, though, ultimately. Macy does, you know, fake some takedowns if you're not going to actually go for takedowns. Get get Rocky backed up in the clinch against the cage. Uh, you don't want to have Rocky backing you up, getting and controlling you there. She's shown to do work, and I mean she can offer back as well, but I just think that's not the place you want to be necessarily. And then against somebody like Macy, you can throw those knees up nice and high if needed. Whereas Rocky's going to get him to the right of the belly or wherever. Yeah, should be a fun one. But mm, I think it, I feel like Pennington at this stage. I hate the I don't like the gatekeeper word necessarily, but I feel like she's kind of the one who turns is turning people away because she did that to Panny in the Panny fight. I mean, it was fairly close. I know it was unanimous. You could argue. I think there's argument for Panny to have won it. I don't think I scored it for her. It was very, very close. I thought, but the fact that Rocky was able to do that kind of makes me feel like she can do it again here. Just all the experiences she's had also helps. So I think I'm going to take, uh, I think I'm going to take Rocky P. I do. I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be pretty close. I'm not sure if it'll be split decision close, but I think it will be a good back and forth battle. Pennington unanimous decision. I think, I think so. I think so. Yep. Rue says the old standard instead of gold standard. That's a good one, Rick. Yeah, I didn't. I I didn't make it up. <laughs> Apparently, that was a Dan Hardy thing. But yeah, that's funny. Um, that is funny indeed. So, but yes, as uh, mentioned in the chat, apparently no one cares about that bantamweight fight, which I think it should be fun. You guys just don't care about anything anymore. It makes me sad. It makes me wonder why I'm even doing this. Hmm. If you don't care, then what are we doing here? Um, Stamina says, hasn't Rocky done her best work as a fighter already? Eh, yeah, I mean, probably. Looked looked good in the last fight, though, man. It's like, never say never, I guess. But I think that's that's safe to say. But you never know. You never know. Maybe she'll turn around. Maybe she'll become champ. She'll fight Pena. You never know. Anything can fucking happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jimmy says Joe Rogan saying that Herb Dean is the gold standard actually influences the people around me. My friend said that Herb was the gold standard UFC 267. Shame, 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 shame. Yep, it's a problem. It's a problem. I hate it. Roganisms, Roganized, all that kind of thing. 
anyway, let's move on to uh, a fight that still perplexes me. Still so silly that it's happening. Uh, at least I think. But Sajar Eubanks and Melissa Gatto at flyweight. I still... Why Why do they make this fight? Um, it's just... This is like... It's a... I don't even want to say it's a fast track attempt for Melissa. It it feels, I don't know. I mean, that's what it, it would be fast tracking her if she wins. And I mean, it kind it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, matchmaking wise, Melissa Gatto, of course, looked great. Looked great in her UFC debut against her long away at UFC debut. Uh, still undefeated against Victoria Leonardo. But Sajar Eubanks, who rightful rightful favorite here, a decent size, um, you know, former flyweight title challenger that should have been flyweight title challenger, who has looked her best at flyweight as we've seen, especially. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say especially since coming back down and fighting Elise Reed. She did what she was supposed to do in that one, though. Elise Reed much smaller, but I think Melissa will do much better than Elise Reed, but. Knowing what Sarge is capable of at flyweight, she should be fighting closer to top 15 than uh, a new coming prospect like Melissa Gatto, who has got great talent and potential. I think she can definitely hang around and climb up. But like this is this is just too soon, I think. I think this is much too soon. Uh, you know, like Sarge versus Aaron Blanchfield would have been much more realistic. You want to talk about or much better, I guess one that makes some more sense and possibilities for Blanchfield. Maybe we could see that after Sajara wins this fight. Cause I'm pre predicting that Sajara is going to use, is going to win this one as much as I really love, uh, Melissa Gatto. She's very sweet. Um, nice person spoke to her after the win and then, you know, great fighter as well. Great prospect, but I think we underestimate and forget about how good Sajara Eubanks is at flyweight in particular. I think Melissa will, will do do well here, but ultimately probably sh at least should, I would expect her to get smothered on the ground. Um, even though she is capable there, it's just like such our Eubanks, man, forget that she's a black belt. She, uh, beat Mackenzie Duran in grappling. Like she's very talented. She is very talented. And why, why am I getting, why are we getting spams now? In the uh, in the chat. Uh, oh well. James says going for my girl uh, Melissa Gatto because of Joe Gatto, <laughs> Joe Gatto <laughs> from Impractical Jokers every Thursday at IBS. <laughs> Getting the plug in, James. Wow, that's pretty funny. I didn't expect that. Uh, Stamina says Eubanks versus Gatto. Yeah, I don't like it either, but maybe UFC are putting Sarge versus someone they're not invested in while they see if she can make weight. That is, that's, that's possible. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she thankfully and kind of surprisingly didn't have any troubles in the last one. You know, it was a real problem for her in the Ultimate Fighter, and then obviously that's why she ended up leaving, all that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's a fair point, Stamina. Go says it's her second fight in the UFC for Gatto. We saw what happened with Sarge last opponent that only had two fights. Yep. Yep. Um, 
<laughs> Jimmy says, yeah, good point. Jimmy says, uh, we got a bot, so you know the channel is growing if we're getting spammed by idiots. Yeah. Yeah, that is fair. And yes, and we got an impractical jokers plug here on the show. Uh, I'm fine with that. I find the show hilarious. Um, uh, CEB says, what are you looking forward to uh, the most this weekend? And then what, when is the next Ryzen podcast? Thank you so much for asking, uh, Chris. Um, so what am I looking forward to the most this weekend? We'll start with that. Probably. I mean, uh, out of out of the women, I would say. Probably the next fight, I mean. The next fight we're about to talk about or the one we just talked about, I, I think that Macy and uh, Macy and um, Meraki should be pretty fun. As for overall, though most excited for um i was looking at this card because it's obviously here on tapology and there were kind of some uh some sleepers here for some pretty solid fights so uh, ricky my guy from uh pacific northwest um he's taking on a sun so i'm always excited to see him fight and then wonder boy and muhammad ah i'm, I'm really excited for that one Ooh, Gamron and Fahey were like, this card's not too bad. Elkins and Swanson, that's ridiculous. Gerald Mearshart, always a good time. Oh, Barcelos and Victor Henry. I mean, holy shit, you want to talk about another surprise of the week? I did not expect to see Victor Henry in the UFC anytime soon. And then taking on Barcelos. I mean, that is awesome. That's going to be wicked. This card's this card should be pretty fun. Um, Dante Mays is still in the UFC. Uh, taking on Josh Parisian. Levitt. Always an interesting time. <laughs> um, man, that is tough. I think I'm, uh, I don't know. That's tough, Chris. Overall, what am I most excited for? It might be, I really, I really like the Thompson one, uh, Muhammad one. I think people are kind of sleeping on Bilal in that one. I don't think Bilal's going to win, but I think he's getting slept on. Um, Yeah. So it might be that one for me. I don't really care for the, the main event at all. Still not sold on Chris Dawkins. I'm sorry, Chris Dawkins fans. If he beats um, Lewis, then of course I probably, in theory, would have to be on be on the train at that point. But when is the next Broad Horizon podcast? He is asking as well. Uh, working on getting that, getting that into production uh, as soon as possible, actually. So. It will definitely be out before the New Year's show, Ryzen 33. Looking to have some good fun guests on there. Maybe some we've already talked about. Who knows? Do you guys want to see Ayaka back on? She'd be the first three-timer if I get her on this one. Uh, I think the last time she was on was episode eight. and She was also on episode one. But I, I try to, uh, you know, get as many new people as I can for the show every time. Obviously, we're getting to that territory where kind of have to bring back people again, but that's fine. You know, they're always fun to talk to, especially a second time, but yeah. So broad Horizon episode 12, you guys can expect that before Ryzen 33. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. Looking to, looking to, looking to start setting things up this week, if I could. So yeah. Thank you for asking Chris. I always love to talk about broad Horizon. It is, uh, my, my, my child, my baby. I love it. Uh, James says he's picking Melissa because of Joe Caddo is always my go-to. Forget what Ghost teaches on the Phantom Punch Breakdowns. 
Oh, boy. Go says, uh, Jordan Levitt, always looking forward to that with his flowy jujitsu nonsense and front kicks. His words, not mine. There you go. Rue says, Drake, did you see that little rice ball on the Zhang Weili fan page? Ghost gave her props, so she has to have potential. That little rice ball. No. I thought I thought you were saying something offensive there for a second. <laughs> but, um, uh, no, I did not see that. I don't think so. That's that that whole comment just kind of has me perplexed. Sounds very funny. But either way, Melissa Gatto, uh, I really like her as a prospect. I think she'll be around for a good while. But Sidar Eubanks is going to be a setback, I think. And if she's not, then hey, that that would be. That'd be that'd be really big for Melissa Gatto. You will see her fighting a top 15 opponent after that. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. You could do Gatto for you could do either of these verse, winners versus uh Blanchfield as well. Don't know if I like that too much if it is Gatto, because again, the uh, you know, the the younger prospect type fighters killing each other off. But I can't make that prediction. Can Gatto get a win here? Yes. But I think she'll need to keep it on the feet. Sarge generally going to impose her will whenever she can. And if she looks as good as she did against Elise Reed, yes, I know it was Elise Reed. Carries that over. She should uh, do what she does best. So I'm going to say Sajara by third round TKO. I believe she'll carry it over. Carry over the momentum and she'll uh, ground and pound. Uh, Ground a pound out the poor impractical joker of the UFC. <laughs> That's what we're going to call Melissa now. Uh, uh, Ruth says the little kid who is very good at boxing. She doubles, uh, double jabs, jabs the body and hooks off the jab. Ooh, that sounds nice. I'll have to look. Um, no, I must've missed that with all the chaos this week. And Whaley held pads for her last year. Oh, okay. Okay. I think I've, I think I've heard. I think I might, I might have seen that one, but no. Uh, Scott says, will you ever invite Jed Mishu to be on? Uh, you and he had some great battles on BTL. Well, thank you, Scott. Yes, always a fun time with Jed, um, my mortal enemy. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Probably. He probably wouldn't want to do it. You know, that's, I think I've talked about this before. I mean, I know I have, but I don't know if you've been around Scott, but it's, it's hard sometimes to think about or the certain, the types of guests that we would have on this show, just because of some of the things we talk about. We know people won't necessarily maybe follow as much as <laughs> rain says, Jed is the ultimate casual. I will allow that slander all day, but, um, I, I don't I don't think uh, in all respect to Jed, I don't think he would be a good fit for this show as a guest. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe maybe we can uh, go at it again. He he got some he got a robbery over me in the rematch. I definitely lost the third one, but uh, I should be two and one against him. So that's how I feel about that. James says, no, the fifth Joker getting beat by Drake accounts. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Jimmy does not like Jed. Oh, three-time champ. I appreciate it, sir. Uh, thank you, Jimmy. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think wholeheartedly that I choked it away in the, uh, in the third one. But I appreciate that. I will definitely take it. Um, yeah, 
always fun on BTL. Even though no show makes me more stressed out than that one. It really, really does. Comp- competition like that puts you on the spot a little bit. Um, that was amazing, though. Yes, I forgot all about that. You guys were there for that. The Kana Army. That was the best shit ever. That was the best shit ever. Uh, forever grateful for that. That was so fun. So, all right. Now, we'll move on to the last fight of the card. Before we get to the Phantom Punch breakdown, keep the guesses coming, you guys. We're almost there. We got one more to talk about, and I know that you guys are very excited to talk about this one as well. Can you sense my sarcasm? Because it is Amanda Lemos versus Angela Hill, even though you might be very excited for it because it's not an easy fight for Angela Hill. Even though Angela Hill is a rather tough individual, very durable, I I don't think she's ever been knocked out, right? She's never suffered any, any defeat via strikes. Of course, been submitted a couple times, uh, not too recently. But Amanda Lemos could do either of those things. I just think she might struggle a bit more to put away Hill just because the way she moves. She has moved very well. She is a striker, can take shots. I mean, she's taken taken them from Andrade, took some very big ones against Andrade, um, and several others. Amanda Lemos obviously hits very, very hard for strawweight, has knocked down every opponent she's fought in the UFC, or in all of her wins, I believe, all her strawweight fights, because she did have the Leslie Smith loss, which is ridiculous to think about, because that was at Bantamweight on, I think, short notice when she made her debut, so we shouldn't even really count that fight. Pretty ridiculous that that happened. Um, but since then, smooth sailing. Miranda Granger put it on her. Mizuki almost finished her in that one, too. As I said, dropped her. Livia, that was insane. Uh, then Montserrat, of course. Lemos is uh, on the way to the top. She's on the way to the top. She can do it, do it all. She's dangerous everywhere. Angie, you know, we've seen even in performances where she does good and gets wins like against Loma well recently here and Ashley Oder no whether you feel she won the Watterson one or the Gadelia one I don't think she beat Watterson I know a lot of people do and then the Claudia one I I might have thought she won that one but either way just her she like she's still a she still is able to get taken down by the Ashley Yoders of the division uh Lemos definitely capable of doing that a very solid jujitsu and ground game as well. And I mean, she's a, wow, she's a bigger favorite than uh, Sajara is. That's kind of surprising to me. I thought, wow, I wouldn't have expected that. I would have thought that Sarge would have been the biggest uh, favorite. So yeah, Angie, I mean, we knew she had an uphill battle, but the odds makers agree. That's a bit of a shock for me. Bit of a shock. I did, did not expect that. But fair, she's looking phenomenal right now putting it all together, mixes it up. Whereas Hill just kind of needs to stick and move. I think, uh, utilize the footwork and the, the great movement that she does have pretty much just try and have a vintage Angela Hill performance. And, but that means avoiding, you know, getting too close and into firefights with Lemos, which I just don't think is going to be possible for the full fight. So whether it's, up against the cage, getting clinched up and beat up there, or just taking the harder, more impactful shots, which is bound to happen, I believe, because Lemos just is, she's just a harder hitter. 
that's proven at this point, but then very capable on the ground as mentioned. So kind of a tough one, obviously for Angela Hill. And in the end, I'm going to take Lemos as the majority here most likely is. And as the odds makers agree, but how she gets it done is the question. I think it will be a submission and I'm going to say it's coming in the second round. I think she is really feeling it right now. Obviously has some fantastic momentum. So new one to watch at straw weight. As Rue says, rip Angela Hill. Uh, Jimmy is very excited to see Lamosh uh, <laughs> do what she does. We'll put it that way. Um, Stamina says, War Lamosh, Amanda better smash. Dag, damn it. Uh, Rain expects her to do very well. We'll put it that way. <laughs> I'm censoring these comments. Uh, Ghost says, Hill literally got beat by Tisha Torres, a fighter who hasn't approved since she fought Marina Rodriguez, but fought bad competition. My goodness, we're still on this one, Ghost. My goodness, his words, not mine. Uh, Rue says, Waterstein beat Hill. That's pretty bad. <laughs> you guys are killing me. Even though I agree that Waterstein won four rounds to one, mind you. That was a controversial scorecard. I thought it was uh it was close, but I gave her four to one. Um <laughs> God. Oh, the boys just are not a fan. So all right. We'll leave it there. I don't have too much more to add. So that is the lone straw weight fight of the night. And I accidentally just put on the wrong thing there. Um, all right so that's ufc vegas 45 really that's all there is to it i think we'll get some some good notable action out of this event the final ufc event of the year before christmas time and the new year if you celebrate either of those i imagine you celebrate the new year because who doesn't celebrate the new year right Da, da, da. <laughs> Ghost says, Drake, you know I could do a phantom punch on Tisha, but with all her shortcomings, don't push me there. Was that a was that wordplay? <laughs> was that wordplay, sir? Shortcomings, I see what you did there. Maybe that was me catching on, but all right, he mentioned it. Phantom punch. Breakdown. Time. You guys made your guesses, plenty of guesses, plenty of good guesses too, but you actually all were wrong. You guessed everybody around the person that it is, everybody around, but not the person themselves. We talked about this person in depth. It is Sayake Zawa week, bitches. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy Ghost got around to this one. I knew it was coming. Just didn't know when. Great timing this man has. I can't believe there were no guesses for a second. If there was and I missed it, I apologize. Let me give you credit, but I did not see any Sayake Zawa guesses in the comments. So without further ado, let's talk about the best prospect. In, in MA right now. The strawweight champ of Deep Jewels. And her 
Absolutely brilliant grappling. All right, let's full screen it. Bum bum. Here we go. Strap yourselves in. You ready, Sinsro? You got your popcorn. Sekaizawa grappling masterclass. We are big fans of fighters that kick the inside leg. Not as cool as a step up inside low kick, but rear low kicks from open stance are just as painful and off balancing for the opponent. Not the best execution of an open side body kick, but effective, which is what matters in the end. Lack of pivot, lack of pivot prevents Izawa from turning over her hips and also puts her knee at risk since her knee is twisting while her foot is planted. Izawa rolls under the lead hook, punching off any punching. Excuse me, punching off any kick is a very un, a very intelligent tactic. It's a great way to catch an opponent while they are looking to counter your kicks. Downward elbow quote. Beautiful level change off the switch step overhand. Good cage awareness by Izawa. Shooting when the opponent's back is close to the cage allows Izawa to limit her opponent's options of escape. Opponent brings her knee down to the mat with good posture along the fence. This, this makes it difficult for Izawa to turn the corner and finish her double leg. The double leg going through the fence wasn't working. Izawa begins to work her hips to the overhook side. Getting the knee behind the opponent's knee is a sneaky adjustment for a double leg along the fence since it creates an improvised fulcrum point. Improvised fulcrum point. <laughs> Highlighted right there. Izawa uses opposing forces along the fulcrum point to complete her double leg. Well, this isn't part of the Kazushi series. This is a Kazushi moment. You love to see it. A little uh, Easter egg, right? You can say that's an Easter egg. Toss it in there. If he didn't spoil it for us, of course. This position is loose for both fighters. Since both have their base and posture broken, the, the opponent can still create frames and achieve guard. While Izawa takes her time to secure a top position, the fighter who gets both feet on the ground first base will be in control of this position feet that are off the ground no base in green Izawa gets her feet on the ground first so she establishes her base effectively taking control of the position this tiny adjustment shows great awareness and understanding of the position from Izawa under hooking the near side leg like this prevents her opponent from creating frames and basing Izawa pushes her opponent to the fence. Now the opponent will have a hard time getting her feet to the mat and is stuck between the fence and Izawa limiting her options of escape. Placing the knee on someone's neck or head area is a great move to advance position. It's uncomfortable and forces the opponent to make a move. Ghost does not condone this technique on civilians being arrested for all you in the chat box overreacting right now. <laughs> I think all of our minds went there, honestly. 
<laughs> Glad you uh, had to say that. Uh, because of the knee on her neck, the opponent had to remove her arm away from Izawa's head. By basing her leg over the opponent's head forces the opponent to try to posture up without a base, allowing Izawa to attack for submission or look to improve the position. Not a good idea to turtle against Izawa unless you know how to do the Roberto Satoshi turtle roll. Ooh, love it. Opponent looks to reestablish her base by tripoding. The problem is Izawa's grips and pressure prevent the opponent from posturing up. Opponent needs to sit back with her hips to get to a base where she can hand fight. Opponent begins to hand fight. This is a mistake by Izawa. She tries to go for a back take while her opponent has control of her right wrist. Wrist control and base allows the opponent to get back up since Izawa lost all her leverage and pressure. Izawa loses her positional advantage but decides to get compensation by squaring up and creating her hip separation to land brutal knees to the body while the opponent is busy trying to get back up. Wonderful stuff right there. Over under clinch with both fighters monitoring each other's far leg. 50-50 positional battle. Both try to throw knees but can't land them. Izawa puts pressure on the underhook of her opponent. Pressure forces the opponent to step back, compromising her own base. This gives Izawa the hip separation. She needs to land knees to the body. Izawa throws an overhand left while the opponent is attempting to cross frame and has wrist control. The overhand in this position against a fighter who knows how to elbow in the clinch is dangerous since the overhand gives up inside position. Opponent moves forward instead of angling with the cross face, which leads to Izawa getting a double underhook, underbody lock. Excuse me, underbody lock. Double under body lock. There we go. <laughs> Head post to the underhook side. Wide base while the opponent's legs are perpendicular to Izawa's hips. Dominant position for Izawa since she can control opponent's hips and strike at an angle that's difficult to defend. Izawa brings her right foot behind her opponent for a scissor trip.
Lovely. Izawa bases her leg towards the fence to fold her opponent with a body lock. Izawa moves to consolidated half guard. Crafty move. Izawa does a knee cut pass, but doesn't fully pass. Instead, she wedges her left foot on the opponent's grounded leg. This is a trap. When the opponent tries to bridge up, it brings Izawa into side control. Opponent bridges while Izawa has a wedge in. Opponent's bridge puts Izawa in side control and position of the opponent's arm is in a prime position to get herself crucifixed. No fun. Crucifix position, and earlier I said she would be a second coming of female Jesus in MMA, didn't I? Full circle. Izawa gets wrist control to get to Crucifix. Izawa doesn't get the Crucifix since her opponent pummels to bicep control, so Izawa has to adjust. Izawa brings her leg over the opponent's head. Izawa uses the opponent's uh, the opposing forces to change the dynamics of the position. Opponent's arm is exposed to be isolated. Not good. Izawa snatches the arm for an arm bar. Opponent's basing leg acts as a barrier for Izawa's legs that prevents Izawa from finishing the armbar. Opponent needs to move in the direction of the lock without giving up space. Opponent bases backwards, which gives Izawa the space to adjust her lock. And now we have a stalemate for the next 30 seconds. But don't you worry. There's more on the way. Just a little bit of Twister. That's no big deal. <laughs> quick, quick game of Twister here in between the... Uh, in between the fight.
But oh no, the opponent tries to move towards the isolated arm, but it gives Izawa the space to adjust her lock. High drama. Uh-oh. Izawa bases her outside her outside foot to create space for a double wrist lock. Izawa does not roll, but instead readjusts her base and posture. If she were to roll now, she would not have the leverage to finish and roll through. Izawa starts to roll as soon as she gets her base pointing in the direction of the roll. Oh, no. Opposing forces can destroy the elbow articulating structure since the elbow has become an improvised fulcrum point. Oh, God. I'm going to tap. Oh. Oh, man. First of all, one of my favorite performances of this year. What a title win for Sekizawa over Miki Matono right there in their rematch. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. As Ghost says, since the chat has been asking why did they do Hamasaki versus Izawa instead of Oshima versus Izawa, so I'll ask a different question. <laughs> Thank you, Ghost. <laughs> what is the more advantageous for Izawa's overwhelming style of grappling? The cage or the ring? That, my friend, is an excellent question as I bring myself back on... Oh, not on screen. There we are. Turn the camera back on. Great question, Ghost. I think, having watched Seika's career to this point, I know she doesn't have that many fights, right? It's like it's like five or six. I've already forgotten. I'm, I'm all over the place. You know me. Um, I think all of her fights have been in the cage. I don't think she's fought in the ring. So you can't really say which is better for her. I mean, I guess you can because we don't know how the ring is, but just assuming how it would be off of what we've seen from her, I think the cage will... She's definitely a better cage fighter, at least for her style. You know, we see her get up against push pressure people against the cage a lot. We just saw it right there, right? And we've seen it many times. It was in the Siwoo Park fight, her last one, uh, her her Adam Waite debut. If you guys haven't seen that yet, it is on YouTube now. Please check it out. I implore you to. Great performance from her. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, just how aggressive she is with it, her overwhelming style of grappling, like I said. Uh, the cage benefits her a bit more, having that stability to fall back on with the form of a chain link fence right rather than ropes she might be you know spearing some bitches out of the out of the ring <laughs> you know, we'll see i don't think she'll do it to ayaka but she could we'll see that'll be uh i believe that will be a new element for her i i i don't think she's fought in the ring which is interesting because deep jewels does kind of go back and forth sometimes between the ring and the cage but she's never done it she grappled in the tag team match was in the ring right yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. But 
in that one she didn't really need it and obviously different grappling match compared to an MMA fight a little bit different but that's a good question though ghost we'll find out um as time goes on right but i think obviously by default you have to say the cage but then just in theory with knowing how what her style is like and having seen it utilize the cage a decent bit i think you gotta go with uh a cage in that case so lovely stuff glad that we got to sayaka here and i'm sure we would have before the fight anyway but there it is so let's see what everyone has to say now and how you were all wrong unless somebody was right let me see here <laughs> as we scroll back through the 40 plus comments of another fantastic fan of punch breakdown as always that was just too fitting ghost you always know you always know what to go with um all right i might have went a little bit too far here apologies how did that happen how did i scroll back so far where is the fan of punch comments oh here we go as alvin said he loves these and Rue caught him off guard. Holy crap, didn't see this coming. <laughs> oh, Ghost was the one who guessed his out, of course. I mean, sorry, I should have known, yeah. Uh, Centro had the popcorn popped. And he's going to enjoy this. boy, love it. Here we go, says James. Rain, already with the inside low kick. <laughs> Rue points it out as well, inside low kick. Uh, no wonder Ghost loves Kaikar Front, says Jimmy. Yep, inside low kick for days. Uh, James says downward elbow cameo. Love this. Love his breakdown. Uh, Rain says cage awareness. That's why I don't watch Maverick anymore. Womp. Rue says a great review of this fight. The only one on YouTube. Oh, from downward elbow. That was the same thing. See, I don't, I don't follow really any of those guys. So, um, I'll have to check that out though. Uh, just to see, always happy to consume some more second content or whatever it may be uh rain says ha i didn't chuck try to review this fight but yeah this actually goes through the techniques imp implied instead of just complaining well okay i i apologize chuck if you see that i didn't mean to read an offensive comment to you <laughs> too late now you got me again rain see i should probably scan over these a bit better before i look at them but either way uh james as james says we we're gonna get canceled <laughs> and then jimmy said no ghost why'd you go there you know what he's referring to oh uh, and yeah rue says ghost with a political comment we are getting canceled jimmy says i love roberto satoshi how can you not how can you not uh <laughs> yeah hopefully we don't get canceled um uh Centro says I cannot believe Ghost went there. Uh Jin says those knees are brutal. Uh Rain says base posture connection pressure every week. Key elements, man. Uh Rue says, did Ghost just throw shade since the opponent doesn't know how to elbow? I'm sure. I'm sure that was a slide jab. Centro says consolidation. Love that word. Rain says, haven't seen a scissor trip since TJ Dillashaw. All right. Jimmy says, I don't know if Izawa can do this to Hamasaki. That's the big question. And he says, ooh, that was slick passing with the opponent bridges. Well, the opponent bridges. Indeed. Rain says, nice passing. Uh, Rue says, nice Drake crucifix Jesus reference. <laughs> I, had to, I had to tie it all together, man, you know? I'm all about going full circle. Uh, Rain says, I really, I think these really do make me a snob as a fan. 
I think I've noticed the evolution over uh, these last 20 weeks, Rain. I think I can agree. <laughs> but it has. No offense, though. That's not meant to be offensive. Uh, Jimmy says, Ghost is really going to detail with this one. Love it. Oh, yeah. Jin says he's out with the arm snatcher. Goddamn right. Rue says he doesn't see this position often. Rain says these positions are getting complicated. Thanks to Ghost explaining them so I know what's going on. Yeah, it was... Uh, that was you definitely don't really see what we saw in that fight all too often in terms of like that, especially the finishing sequence. That's why I thought it was so brilliant. And Ghost just uh, showed us why there. She's just um, just a methodical killer on the ground. You know, any opening, gonna take it. Stalemates, Jimmy and Jin, all about the stalemate. Who says is Ghost using <laughs> chess references again? It's stalemate. Jimmy says the details of this. Centro says, "Oh, that was so nasty." Jin says that was a slick, slick transition. Jimmy says, "Nice armbar from the roll." Jimmy says, "Ghost is anticipating the chat's responses." Hilarious. <laughs> James says, "I cannot believe Ghost can anticipate the chat words." Chat's words. <laughs> you know, right? Uh, Rain says the armbar was so nice. I mean, you should. You guys can't be surprised after how long we've been doing this now. Alvin says, as always, great breakdown, Mr. Phantom. Wishing Hamasaki and Izawa the best. Oh, yes, indeed. Alvin says, I love that armbar from Izawa and that she didn't uh, hurt her opponent too badly. As long as both competitors get out safe, everyone is happy. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yes, for sure, man. Yep. The beauty, the beauty of the art, right? Uh, Bruce says, how does Ghost know what we're thinking? As Jin says, seriously, like, Ghost can see the future. When did you make this, Ghost? <laughs> he said he made it on Friday. So, all right, yeah. Pretty, pretty fresh. Pretty fresh. <laughs> Jimmy says, do we need a timeout, Rain? I mean, no, no. I mean, just maybe I, I need to be better about catching those. Those. Uh, it's, it's Steve usually, he, he gets, he's gotten, He's helped me out with that in the past uh, when when he gets there. <laughs> I think it's fair. Uh, Go says, I wonder how Izawa will do in the cage since uh, the fence allows her to go all out. Right. We'll do. I, I'm assuming you mean in the ring. Um, yeah, she might push Hamasaki out of the out of the ring. Yeah, that's what I was saying, man. It will be interesting. God, I love Alvin, he says. Who doesn't? How can you not? How can you not love Alvin? But that was good fun. Really enjoyed that one. Really enjoy them all. Being a punch breakdown. Number 19, Sekizawa week. An absolutely brilliant title winning performance by her. What was that a couple months ago? Maybe four. Whenever. Good stuff there. Which brings us once again to the end. A longer show this week. There was plenty to talk about, obviously. So, one man show, do it all by myself. Appreciate you guys so, so much for tuning in as always, taking the time, hanging out here, just trying to provide you with uh, all the updates and good, good vibes and thought out thoughts when it comes to the ladies of the sport. So, don't forget. Follow us, like, share, and subscribe. Audio-only versions now on Anchor and Spotify. You know this already. We've had them up for plenty of time now. You can just search WMA today. 
and they'll show up on Google. Or the links are in the description. At Drake underscore. At Steve K underscore MMA. At the Scrap News. Get on it if you haven't for whatever reason. Hit that notification bell too. So you never have to miss a thing. All right, you guys. As for the pluggity plugs, we already got Impractical Jokers out of the way. So that's all you need. Thank you, Alvin. As he says, wonderful show. Good vibes from Jin. Um, yeah, just got back from Las Vegas for all the SCMP coverage of UFC 269. If you want to go back and watch any of that, feel free to do so. Ain't going anywhere. And as for exclusive type things, uh, caught up with Miss Jesse Jess. Finally, finally met Jesse in person. Long overdue. We've been around each other plenty of times. Just never had a chance to actually get face to face. So I uh, got to catch up with her. That is on SCMP and check it out. Just a short little interview, about four minutes. Jesse's awesome. Of course, always a great time. Said she wants to uh, get back in there as soon as she can. Hopefully on one of those pay-per-view cards, whether it's main card or just the card in general, she wants to be in front of the crowd. A uh, big one like that, you know, all that kind of thing. And then also spoke to Chael P, the American gangster. Always great times with Chael as well. So Check out both of those. Um, Silvana Juarez Gomez. Gomez Juarez. I always get her last name wrong. That one was out last week, but it's still out now. Check that out. And then you guys. Uh, next week. This week. It is this week now. Tomorrow. I'll be heading to Tampa, Florida. To cover. The nonsense. Jake, Jake Paul and uh, Tyron Woodley. <laughs> Duty calls. You know, obviously you guys know I don't really care about that kind of thing or like it necessarily. But as I said, duty calls. So we'll be covering that one for the Mac life. If you uh, so, so fancy, that kind of thing. <laughs> so uh, go over to their channel. Great stuff from Mr. Willis, Oscar Willis, all the time. Great fella. Nominee for Journalist of the Year. Um, yeah, so that will be what I'm doing this week. Should be crazy. Should be crazy. As James asks before we leave, how do we get Whaley to, how do we get Drake to interview Whaley? Good question. <laughs> I'll have to uh, see what I can do to get, get, uh, get to chat with Whaley again. Been too long. I would love to. I would love nothing more. Hey, she's got new management now, so my chances are definitely better. Again, even though she was with Sucker Punch when I talked to her the first time, she wasn't, you know, as big of a star yet. So she was more accessible. She was easier to respond, I guess. I don't know. But she has not responded to me too recently when I've gone directly. So I'll have to try and get in touch with the new management. But... Don't you worry. I would love nothing more than to talk to Whaley again. Um, yeah. So go ahead. Try and help me out, you guys. If you want to make a push for it, I don't, I won't stop you. But <laughs> Jimmy says, yeah, when am I? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Stamina says you're on duty. Is your on only duty is to quietly simp on Amanda Serrano. On my behalf, Drake, F that other noise. That's, yeah, I mean... That if there is anything, I guess, but <laughs> Jin and Rue were not happy for that comment. Um, 
Yeah, as uh, good as Serrano is as a fighter, she's obviously had a little bit of some problematic issues, I guess you could say, in the past. So we won't get into that now. If you know, you know. If you don't, you could do some research. But interesting that she's continuing along with the thing, too. So, all right, you guys, we will leave it off there. Appreciate all of you oh so much. Without you, there is no Steve and I doing this show. Because as I said, you got to care. For us to care. So then why what are we doing here? So stay safe, stay sane. I will see you guys next week. Hopefully with Steve. Should be. His power can't be out for that long, right? Until then. Peace, guys.